Welcome to Rona Geek Official Podcast. I almost didn't make it. I was just putting my headphones on. So this is Alex Austin with us in the room today. We have Plabby and Adam. And we're going to deep dive. Uh, sorry. Mm, welcome to Rona Geek Official Podcast, where we break down hottest franchises in gaming, movies, and TV, analyze the essence of each, and discuss their strengths and weaknesses. The question we're looking to answer from week to week, do these franchises stay true to their roots? And today, the topic is... Metroid Prime. I was that's a better than the way I was gonna say it. So that, that worked beautifully. Uh, it's that, that's the voice of a Metroid. That yeah, that's the voice of the Hunter Metroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what he sounds like. Like an absolute no, no. Point it's texture. the Super Metroid because it's it's <laughs> mommy, mommy, Samus. <laughs> so I, I love the Metroids are all just Poindexters. At this point. That's, that's amazing. I'm imagining more like a Skeletor, like. Yo, Bob! Yeah. <laughs> Samus! <laughs> so, but that's true, and that's going to be part of the breakdown that we do today as well. So we'll explore the history of Metroid a little bit, break it down. We do want to make a determination now in, in light of uh, the, the current big topic, which is uh, Metroid Prime Remastered, coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Wait, is it called, sorry, is it called Remastered? I don't know. I think it's called Remastered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's remastered. And, uh, and the fact that there was a high-profile digital release, now high-profile physical release, and it is selling so well that Nintendo cannot possibly keep up <laughs> with the demand, which is pretty amazing for a game that came out in 2001? Uh, that I think it's 2001. Um, Metroid Prime is... Uh, I don't know, 2002. 2002. So I got it when uh, when I was in college. I do recall that. So yeah, Metroid Prime. Uh, very, very, very good game uh, back on the Nintendo GameCube. And honestly, for its day, I remember thinking like, oh, this is like kind of a cutting edge shooter for the Nintendo GameCube. Like it was actually pretty good looking game, yeah. played well, very smooth. Uh, and then it's an experience that it translated very well uh, into the remastered version on Nintendo Switch so far. I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, I was very confused as to how they would do some of the controls because yeah. like, there's no way they can keep the old controls right right <laughs> there's no way um and it was kind of I, I think it was more amazing as it was a stealth launch yeah every once in a while i don't know what it is about nintendo or whoever's choosing to do these launches but we've had it a few times on switch where they'll show up and be like all right it's our nintendo what, what do they call the nintendo play you know what, what do they do the uh, N nintendo direct yeah nintendo they'll be like, direct, hey it's yeah. nintendo direct uh you can also go download this game right now like, like literally now right now you're like wait yeah. what yeah yeah they like to launch stuff when everybody's watching the direct yeah because nobody's looking at the eShop, right and then they launch something in the eShop, you update it and it's like oh by the way it's there amazing so and everybody gets excited about it so it was a really cool event i i was very very excited that it went down that way uh did it uh what was the actual date it came out? It was like three weeks ago now. Maybe two and a half weeks ago. Ah, uh, February something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so sometime earlier this month. So we don't have any official sales numbers yet, but I'm guessing the digital version sold pretty well. Seemed like it was trending on Twitter quite fast uh, following the launch. I'll be honest and say this is an interesting topic when it comes down to like the Metroid series as a whole. Yeah. I thought that Metroid Dread, because of all the hype that came with Metroid Dread, that people now were into Metroid because of the Prime series. Yeah. And because of the Switch and because of Hollow Knight, people mm -hmm. were more into uh, Metroidvanias in general. Yeah. Um, I thought we would get a lot more attention, but Metroid Dread did not sell as well as I anticipated. Yeah, Metroid Dread, uh, I never played it actually. So this is a remake of Metroid 2, correct? No, Metroid Dread is its first whole new game by itself. Oh, what am I thinking of then? Uh, you're, you're I think of Metroid Samus Returns. Yes. Yeah, so they, they did, uh, that was the one that was basically a remake of uh, Metroid 2. Yes. Which was the first Metroid I ever played. So that was uh, one of the early games I got. Or the original two? Or? The original two on the Game Boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
Talk about a game that was not made for like uh, like a seven year old. Like, no. <laughs> so I remember, I remember getting Metroid Two. We'll go way back here because we're going to do the history of this thing anyway. But I remember going all the way back. So Metroid Two, I got this thing, and it was probably one of the first three or four games I got for the Game Boy for my parents. Right, so they just they probably went to Toys R Us and they're like, "Well, what games are hot? What games are white hot?" For this system, they're their exact <laughs> words, and, uh, and 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 they said, "Oh, definitely, Metroid Two: The Return of Samus," and and they're like, "Oh, that sounds pretty sweet. That's so, crazy." And, uh, and uh, you know, so they got that one for me along with like, Tetris. I don't know, maybe Super Mario World Two is it, or Super Mario World, uh, <sighs> whatever the Game Boy one was. And, I wish my parents got me Metroid. Yeah, and, the, and, my life would be different. Probably. But I remember for the first couple of years, I would pop it in and play it every now and then. I just I didn't get it. Like, it wasn't making any progress. I kept getting killed by the Metroid. Then I discovered missiles. Oh, you can actually shoot missiles. And, like, that obviously is what you have to do. And then once you discover that, you know, things start happening pretty quickly. But I just remember exploring areas in that. And it's like getting the spider ball, for instance. Because in that game, the spider ball sticks to everything, yeah, right? Yeah. And I remember exploring just everywhere. I'd go to every room, go each wall, up the ceiling, looking for, like, secret Bomb places. everything. Missile everything. And I just remember finding places, and I'm like, am I even supposed to be here yet? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, Because that was the first Metroidvania I've ever played was Metroid yeah. 2, right? And uh, anyway, probably four years later, I finally beat it. Like, it was one of those wow. games. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like when uh, Link to the Past came Not Link to the Past. Um, Link's Awakening came out. Link's, oh, the Game Boy. And one. I might have been eight years old at the time, but I remember getting it, and it took me, like, probably six months to beat that game. Like, I was just... It was it, challenging. That was the first Zelda I ever played in its entirety. It so. took... My first Zelda was uh, Link to the Past. Yeah. And it took me about a year. Yeah, yeah. So, they're, they, they're tough games if you're new to the franchise. And you didn't have guides or the internet back and then. And you didn't play Zelda 1 or 2, which if you played <laughs> Zelda 1 or 2 at that point, you'd already be a master because those games were <laughs> yeah. brutally difficult. No, so. I never played... Uh, my introduction to Metroid was Metroid Prime. Yeah, yeah. So, good game to get started with. Yeah. Good game to get started with. Um, so, let's go all the uh, way back then. We might as well talk about that real briefly. Is yes. That it is the game that sold the most, just minus Dread. So, yeah, it was 2.3. For point, the longest What did we period. see? It was 2.3. 2.9 mil. No, that's Dread. 2.84 mil. Wild. Just shy Dread. So. It's crazy talking about how that's the top-selling game for Metroid. Because, like, what's the top-selling game for, like, uh, Monster Hunter World? So, it's I did like... Look- Almost, it's like 9 million copies or something I like didn't that. look up Monster Hunter World, but, uh, for example, um, something like... And that's why Metroid... Everyone talks about how big Metroid is, how important yeah. it is. But it really doesn't sell all that well. If you look at its game, on average, we got, like... Here's the deal. Metroid 1 sold the third most now. 2.73 million. Crazy. And then it's been about 1.5 million ever since. Crazy. Until Prime. So, like, these games don't sell that well, and that's why they don't get that many releases. Everyone's always upset about them not getting releases. It's because we don't fucking buy them. Uh, so, well, I yeah, I wouldn't blame them. So, that's... <laughs> I wouldn't blame them for not releasing more. So, this... So, Metroid 1, this came out in 1986, uh, developed by... Uh, for Nintendo fans, you know of Nintendo R&D 1, R&D 2. So, these are the teams that yes. were sort of trading off games throughout the early development cycles in Nintendo. Um, interestingly, so... Now, I know... It was created by, um, was it created by? Sorry, I was just looking up there. <laughs> what are you looking for? So I was looking for who actually created it, because I could swear it was um, um, Zelda creator. What's his name? Why can't I remember? Our Lord and Mi- Savior. Miyamoto? Thank you, Miyamoto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, Miyamoto? I thought it was Miyamoto that came up, but oh, no, it was no. Uh, interesting. So Gunpei Yokoi. Yeah. So Gunpei Yokoi, also uh, creator of the uh, Game & Watch. Yes. So, also the creator of Virtual Boy. 
Yeah. So he was responsible for all of those things. So. He was the uh, he was the Miyamoto before Miyamoto. That's a, it's cool though because like he's the one who comes up with like these really like like crazy out of left field ideas for Nintendo at the time. Right? Yeah. Like it's really cool. Like I I love that that legacy of Gunpei Yokoi. Because he came out with the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, so Miyamoto obviously, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, did, did a lot of them as well. But uh, for Nintendo R and D one, which is the team he worked on, yeah, this was one of the biggest games I think they produced at the time. Um, so it came to NES in North America in 1987 it was in arcade somewhere really that was a thing it says arcade north america wow 1986 i'd be very curious to see what an actual metroid arcade machine looks like that's bizarre that is really weird but back in those days arcades were the main form of playing except yeah yeah. yes and correct me if i'm wrong but in metroid one there's no save system right so you basically get passwords whenever you reach yes okay and the password is what you type in and restart from that point yes yeah 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 which is all saving is saving yeah. in the background just creates a unique code password hash with, whatever with a bunch of variables yeah yeah and, and, and that's that's the thing it recalls with so anyway same thing but uh but it was kind of an early version of that for for console which is pretty cool so yeah. i quite like that i quite like that well you kind of had to there's no way you're doing that game in a single run yeah i'm sorry oh, no dude, yeah, not yeah, a fucking yeah, chance yeah, in the world brutally difficult too so uh, along with that um very very cool game though very different for nes as well definitely focused on exploration obviously this came out before the first castlevania i believe uh, I would hope so. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure this came out yeah. like a year before the first Castlevania. So the, I think this is the original, original. Metroid it is. Mania. And I think what really made it, I oddly enough, three topics made it big, made it famous. One, the dark atmosphere of like you are, um, you are in a world that hates you and yep. wants to kill you. Yep. Um, you have to explore this world. So you're kind of a fish out of water right in this world and that was interesting and this dark atmosphere all the backgrounds were dark even castlevania had lighter backgrounds with castle backgrounds and things like that yeah in fact uh nope these came out the same freaking year Dude. Wow. Which is interesting. So you have one that's basically sort of like more, uh, I don't know, medieval, not medieval, but but kind of Renaissance era looking, you know. Very or gothic era. Feel. Yeah, gothic era. That Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. So <laughs> gothic era. And then you have one that's very, very sci-fi, uh, but both kind of doing the same thing a little bit. So with the exploration and everything. So very cool that that was the period that they were in there. So 1986 was a big year for that genre because that's when the genre was created. That's so when it started. Very, very yeah. Cool. It, I think it's it's style. And its music is really what made the game explorable. Plus, it was a lot of figure it out yourself. Yeah. There weren't, back then, there weren't really tutorials. You yeah. just sort of, like, 90% of the time, you played Mario, you went to the right. Yeah. Well, this game went, it bucked that trend where the right choice was immediately go to yep. the left. Yep. And that's a genius. It's, it's, it's a genius thing to teach you. That where you start, you don't always go right. Sometimes you go up. Sometimes you go down. That's sometimes right. you got to go That's left. Right. You're right. It was a great. It, it was a great evolution of the Mario's of just always go right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was a great lesson. It's one of those things that I think is fundamental. And if we're talking about, you know, kind of one of the f- pillars of this game, yeah. I think one of them is good tutorials that aren't just written out to you. Yeah. Like it's uh, the the great thing about the the path that you take in the game as well is it leads you down certain corridors of rooms and challenges that you get through and then you get to the end and you really had grind to get there but then you get some new power right you get yeah. some new power up and then when you run back through to like the sort of main areas right you just get to rip through enemies yeah so you got like the somersault attack or like the the bombs for your for your ball form or whatever for the morph ball yeah like dude once you start getting that stuff it's just like 
it, it really genuinely feels like some accomplishment. And and I think that's kind of the magic of the whole full, you know, yeah. Metroidvania thing. It's just like grinding so hard to get to one place and getting that new attack that just makes the next little bit so much easier, so much better. So, and yeah. Then, and then going from there. But, you get a good sense of power up. So what was all the, uh, among the power ups that are included in the game of the Morph Ball? The Morph Ball, Screw Attack. Uh, I don't know if they had gravity in the first one. Um, no, I don't think so. They so the def- somersault attack, and then uh, yeah. I, I swear it had spider ball as well. I don't know if the first one did. No? I, I don't know. I don't remember it. I haven't played it in a while. I never I never played um, f- uh, Front Mission. Yeah. Or Zero Mission. Sorry. I never played Zero Mission. So I don't... I, I've never... Here's the deal. I have never fully completed the first game. Okay. Okay. Fair Ever. enough. Fair enough. Um, like I said, I got into it prime. Uh, so I had to go backwards in time. Yeah. Yep. And one was just, I tried to play one. It was on the um, the Switch online or whatever. Yeah. It was, I couldn't do it. I, was, I could not do I it. Was, I went back and played it, and I'll tell you why. So but only when I was like 12 or 13, because in Metroid 2, the original Metroid 2, I don't believe there was a, a Ridley boss. Really? Every boss in it was a version of a Metroid. Like, right. Metroid 2 introduced way more versions of Metroids. Yeah, because it started, like, the clocks are, like, 99 Metroids or whatever the number was. You got 30 it. 30-something Metroids. It. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're basically, like, killing different forms and then counting down. And the harder they get, the fewer forms there are of those, right? So you just have to work your way through the game killing it. But there's no Ridley. There's no Ridley in there. Oh, interesting. So, okay. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, I don't know if it was technically the Mother Brain boss or something. Queen Metroid, maybe it was called or something like that. But I remember the final boss in the original 2 was, like, the long-necked you know, sort of contra Oh, creature. yeah, and you got the super yeah, yeah. power-up and the Metroid yeah, yeah, saved yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, so I wanted to go back and also see what Mother Brain was like as well. So I, right. I, do, I do recall going back and playing the first one because of that. I think but it, also to encounter Ridley as a boss. I think it was Mother Brain, but, like, like its AI was downloaded to something else or something like that. And then for anyone who doesn't already know, so there is a recurring boss in the franchise of Metroid, and it is this boss is a pirate. It's I a, it's a, I'll start with it's a pirate. It's a pirate dragon for crazy. It's a literal space mecha dragon that's a pirate. And this is he's the leader of a well, no. space race of pirates. It's kinda he's kinda like Godzilla, where there's Yeah, he's, he's basically a kaiju. There there's yeah. there's Ridley, and then there's like it's not Mecha Ridley. Then there's like Well no, you fuck Ridley up and then Ridley comes back. But he's then there's Mecha Ridley, which isn't Ridley, it's a full robotized version of Ridley. Oh, I thought it was Ridley it's like a different a cyborg one. version. And then in Prime they come back with Cyber Ridley. Mm. Cyborg Ridley. Yeah, who you encounter actually pretty early in the game. You start to see Ridley power. Yeah, so Mecha Ridley is actually a different character. It's it's kind of like a Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. It is a different character than Godzilla. Wild. Absolutely wild. Mind you, he does all the same things. Like, it's it's fundamentally the but same. But such is the nature of this game. So yeah. it's just so but out of left field. I think this game set, uh, it definitely changed games fundamentally because you had your side-scrollers like Mario. You had your beat-em-ups like, um, and they were all side-scrollers. All the games back then were side-scrollers or over-the-head views like Zelda, right? Where you'd explore the map that way. This was the first one where it was side and it was more like that Contra style where you shot uh, left and right, up and down. And where its real focus was exploration. Yeah. Exploration and power-ups. It was an RPG through skill, not through just number grinding. Yeah. And the other nice thing about Metroid 2 is it introduced, as far as Nintendo games are concerned, a sense of verticality that a lot of games just didn't have for the day because yeah. there were so many side-scrollers. Uh, in fact, that actually translated over to the Game Boy Metroid 2 very, very well, the sense of verticality. So the Game Boy is a very underpowered system. Yeah. <laughs> so any any sort of design sort of... B- 
you know, bonus they could get out of it was was working well for the system. But in, in particular, Metroid is a great game for that because of the verticality. Because you don't, you know, if your background is just like one section of a wall and a bunch of black, you know, <laughs> like you can you can make a lot of that. You know, yeah. what I mean? within a, within a Game Boy, load it into a Game Boy. Card. And I think part of I think the biggest problem with this game, aside from its technicalities of not being able to shoot on the you know whatever eight axes or whatever, aside from that. One of its big, th- big things was because of those limitations. And part of the reason you get lost a lot is not because you don't have a map. Yeah. It's because every room looks the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny thinking about it now playing like Metroid 2 in the Game Boy because the Game Boy screen was also very small. The map was kind of in my head. And, and I kind of had to go through rooms multiple times to kind of learn them and learn where all the entrances and exits yeah. are, right? So that's uh, that's actually a good point to bring up. Yeah, in the, in the more modern games, like Metroid Prime, for example, you get a very detailed map, a 3D one. But you, you can... didn't always need a map to survive. The problem is Metroid 1, I think its biggest weakness was enemies looked alike yeah. and maps looked alike. So yeah. you're when you got lost, it wasn't because you you didn't know the map right it was because you didn't know where you were in the map because yeah, yeah. they'd all looked alike you basically so you're running around just trying to find a place that looks familiar as a <laughs> yeah. 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 so absolutely uh metroid 2 was actually not an nes game rather it was a game boy games this came out in 1992 no 1991 in north america this is an interesting one it came out in north america before japan that's a weird one by two months very interesting so anyway, that's uh, that's something I did not know about this No, game. that's really weird. Yeah. So Gunpei Yokoi is still on this as a producer, which is pretty damn cool because this game does feel very Gunpei Yokoi. And uh, this is the one that introduced the different versions of the Metroid. So it's not just Metroid yes. Mother Brain. No, it's Metroid Alpha, Gamma, Zeta, Omega. And uh, I think Omega was the final boss. Maybe it was just called Omega. So interesting. The long-necked one, the Contra-looking one. Yeah, it was yeah, called yeah. Omega Metroid. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is also the one, and it said down here, it was the first to introduce the spider ball, but also the spring ball. That's the jumping ball that you could do. The the spring, no, not the spring ball. The um, uh, the the corkscrew one, the one that like hurts things is you, so the screw attack? Could the ball do that in Metroid 2 original? I, I don't know. I don't know when they introduced it. So it just shows, uh, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. Maybe Wikipedia is wrong, but yeah, that's just what it's saying in here. So, but I, I'll, the one I distinctly remember is the spider ball. So just thinking like, oh, this is so sick. I could explore everywhere now. It was amazing. But uh, that was definitely the one I used the most. Um, so this is yet another one where, so you're marooned on a planet. You're trying to find your way off. Um, I do recall the exploration in this one being very solid. I also recall a lot of references to, uh, at least in the, in the world overall, to the, uh, what would you say, Kozo or Chozo? Oh, all it does is allow you to jump as the ball. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, what are the alien species called? That you're kind Chozo. Of, Chozo. Okay, so this Chozo. is the sort of progenitor alien race that was on all of these planets long before you were. Yeah. And you're basically utilizing their tech or making... Well, you were raised by them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Samus yeah, yeah, Aran was yeah. raised by them. They they were the the weird thing about them is they're not this like super ancient. They're a super ancient race in the sense that they've been around on the world yeah. a lot, and they they spread out along the federated planets yeah. quite a lot. But they weren't like a super ancient race that died off long time ago. They were slowly dying off, and what happened was they met. I if I can remember, here's the deal: the story plot for the Metro games is not the focal point. Um, if I can remember correctly, they met the X parasites and the X parasites were sort of this like Zerg like domination where they would suck people's energies out and stuff like that. And they were slowly dominating the galaxy. And so they created the Metroids to fight against the X parasite. The Metroids did a really good job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
the too problem, good of a job. Too good of a job. Yeah, the yeah. problem is they, their weapon backfired on them. Yeah. And so the Metroids were destroying the Chozo um, civilization. Yeah. Mind you, this is during that period. Um, the, so the Metroids basically destroyed the Chozo civilization as we know it. Um, and later on, after they were all kind of destroyed and they were limited on certain planets, that's when the Chozo raised Samus Aran. Have any of the games shown you like a living Chozo? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dread. Oh, Dread's the first one to do it. Fuck. Well, that's why I got to play it. There's there. two of them in there. Oh, now I got to play it for sure. They, yeah. That's on the Switch, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting it tonight. I'm getting it tonight. It's so good. Dude, I, I don't know why I haven't I played, played it yet. twice. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I, mean, I twice. want to see a living Chozo. <laughs> they look awesome. So I wonder if people, uh, if they're if you're watching this on YouTube, how excited I am to know that there's living Chozo in a Metro <laughs> game I haven't played. I'm ecstatic. This is great. Dude. All you need to know is the first one you meet yeah. is named Ravenbeak. Yeah. How, oh, come on. That's, that's a cool fucking yeah, name. <laughs> so how many Chozo have have cradled my morph ball form in their hands as I get power-ups. They have no idea. I love them, and they love me. I just love the ones from Prime where it's like they boil up, and they, like, throw you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, like, bowl you. <laughs> They're like, here, here you go, bitch. We anticipated this. <laughs> so we anticipated this thousands of years ago. So this very moment. Um, but I, I – so that was, like – I think Return of Samus was interesting because it, it gave a lot of people handheld and that was a big thing at the time. But I think that's a big problem with what I've had with a lot of the Metro games is handheld. I don't really like those games on handheld because the everything's too small and the maps are too small. It just doesn't work out. That's why I never played most of them. Super Metroid though, which was the king of Metroid. Yes. Uh, the yes. Super Nintendo one. So that defined pretty much everything we know as like staples of Metroid nowadays. Super Metroid, Super Castlevania also define that genre, the Metroidvania yeah. genre as well. Because that's also when Symphony of the Night came out. That's right. That's right. Well, Symphony of the Night was PS1. What? Yeah, Symphony of the Night. Oh, I thought it was Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, no, it was PS1. But that's like the sort of penultimate. Oh, sorry. I always thought that was Super <laughs> Nintendo. I always thought that was Super Nintendo. So, no, there, there, uh, no, no, it wasn't Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But the, uh, so for jump sorry jumping into super metroid now so for super metroid this came out in 1994 this did redefine the genre so the to me the biggest difference here moving into super metroid really any of the quote-unquote super games mm -hmm. is uh the super nintendo was quite advanced for its day it was a great system yeah very very overpowered compared to its competitors in market and uh what it could do is it could it had more more for it had a higher frame rate but also just really fast fluid tight gameplay yeah so that's really what i remember about that system when it comes to all of the major nintendo franchises just how tight each game was uh same with super metroid getting to run around it almost became like you could actually get very very skilled at battling uh as samus in super oh, yeah. metroid as opposed to the other games where where it was heavily reliant on just sort of waiting for the right time to make a move yeah super metroid you could fully go on the offensive at any you time. You were the the yeah. power like you start off not the powerful one, but by the time the end you felt and super you feel powerful. very powerful. Like getting the various suit, all that stuff, it all feels very, very, very powered up. Yeah, I think that was also where you got the gravity suit as well for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So uh just so many huge upgrades there. I wonder if Gunpei Yoko is he still around at this point? No. Maybe he wasn't. He was not around. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if uh, he was there to see the final product launch. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, uh, actually, no. Apparently, Gunpei Yokoi was there. In there. In there. Yeah. They just mentioned he was a part oh, of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he, he was out in, uh, he, he passed away in 1997, but uh, a little bit young, too. But uh, anyway, yeah. The Super Metroid was uh, honestly 
I, I think a watershed moment for that genre. And if this game hadn't gone as well as it did, then I think maybe the genre wouldn't have continued. Yeah, I, I, what I find really weird is if you look at like between the first Metroid and the second Metroid, we're talking about five years yep. between the first and the second, which is a long time for oh, a yeah. game series. Oh yeah, that's a long time and a platform jump. In a platform jump, yeah. yeah. And then not only that, but if you go between that and Super Nintendo, it's like another three years between Return of Samus and Super Metroid. But only three years. But only three years. Yeah. And again, but an, again, another jump. Here's the deal. Return of Samus sold more than Super Metroid. Yeah. What the fuck? Interesting. Super Wait, Metroid the, is way better. The recent Return of Samus or Metroid 2 original? No, no, the original. Crazy. The original sold 172 mil. Hmm. And no, no, Super no, Metroid. No, no. 1.72 mil. What did I say? 172 mil. Oh, fuck no. Uh, 1.72 <laughs> mil. 1.72 mil. The entire human population at that time <laughs> bought the game. <laughs> <laughs> One in 20 people on planet Earth played Metroid 2. We would not. On a Game Boy. This world would be very different if that oh, was the case. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, yeah. No, Super Metroid only we'd sold. Be, if that, we'd already be a type 2 civilization. <laughs> like, it would have already happened for us. <laughs> Honestly, Metroid unlocked something in me. I or I would say Hollow Knight because it oh. should have been a Metroid game, but it was Hollow Knight. Yeah, unlocked something within me that I didn't know I had. Oh my god! And now I can't release it. But uh, Super Metroid <laughs> sold 1.4 million instead of the 1.7 million. Crazy! It didn't sell as well, even That's though it's wild. considered like the peak Metroid. Game. You know, I wonder if at this time, I wonder if. If you were to look at sales figures for first-party Nintendo titles at that time, I wonder if the rental market was damaging game sales at that time. Because the rental market was m -m -m massive at yeah, that time. Yeah, that's dude, a good dude, point. It was probably like a five- or six-year period where my parents maybe only bought five or six games and then the rest of everything. I well, I wonder if like the sales to a Best Buy or something count as sales. I get it would count as sales towards it. Well, yeah, but it but would impact the total sales because you and I wouldn't each have a copy. We'd, there'd be one copy that you and I technically shared. Yeah. But if like, like 50 kids can play and beat the game off a single copy of Blockbuster. Yeah. Without their parents buying it, that might affect it. So yeah. I, and I, I recall games that we had rented multiple times just so we could, beat them thoroughly growing up. And so maybe we spent ultimately $18 on a game that would have otherwise been $50 mm. over like a three week period. Cause we kept renting it. You know what I mean? I didn't do so. that until the PS2 and Xbox era. Yeah. yeah. I don't even recall renting games on PS2. I'm sure I did. Yeah. I, just, I just don't recall. Yeah. yeah that's I just fair. don't recall. But back then, dude, I rented a lot of cartridges. I, I do remember that. That makes so. sense. Interesting. But Very so interesting. that that's interesting. They only sold. So the first, I want to, I want to put this in perspective. The first Metroid sold 2.7 million. Yep. The rest of them are at half of that. Now, I wonder, uh, NES probably outsold the Super Nintendo as well. I don't have those numbers up in front of me, but I think NES was probably still the better-selling system. I would hope not. Up Su until that Super point. Nintendo, as far as I'm concerned, is probably one of the best consoles to ever exist oh, on 100%. the planet. Oh, 100%. And as far as the library goes, holy yeah. shit, bro. Like, just cut uh, it out with it the It amazes me on how that didn't sell. That uh, How did Super Metroid not sell as well? Now, I understand that because I didn't get it, which is... I'm, I. I really wish I got Super Metroid when I was a kid. Yeah. It, my life would be very different at yeah. this time. I These games, I don't, like, normally when if we're talking about If you had gotten series, Metroid 2 as a kid, we'd be a Type 2 civilization. Yeah, right? That's specifically me. This is reality. Um, I'd be a director by now. A, um, <laughs> but like, a director of the Type 2 civilization. A, a director of the Type 2 civilization, yeah. But, like, there's this level of, we're not talking about these games. A lot of times when we talk about these series, we talk about, we judge the games, we review them poorly. Yeah. Or we give, like, oh, these games are imperfect. I would look at these games and say the only thing that's imperfect about them was that they were clearly limited by the technology of their time. Yeah. Other than that, they did the best they could with the technology of their time and they were always amazing 
every single generation they were out. And they got that much better every single time. Dude, and this one, this was a massive jump. So I'm just going over this. You had the grapple laser. So you yeah. could like swing, swing around it through different environments. You also had wall jumping. You also had that cool running, fast running effect where it was like... Oh, the the speed boost yeah, with yeah, uh, where, Shine Spark. Yeah, and you could see like the, the Metroids running behind, the Samus is running behind yeah, her in, yeah. in fast motion or whatever. And then it also had the moonwalk ability where you could shoot and charge your weapon while you back up oh. as well. So there was so much going for this game. Dude. Did they also... I think because of the uh, wall jumping, that's when they added like the strong grip thing. Yes. Yeah. Where you could like hang on the wall. Yeah. 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 Dude, it's honestly such a great fucking game. And this game, I bet if I played it now, I would say it still holds up. And I'm sure it's actually oh, yeah. on uh, the Nintendo Switch at this point. If you have the 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 virtual, what is it? What is it called? The virtual console thing? Uh, I don't know if it is. The Super Nintendo thing. I think, I'm pretty sure it is. You I'm pretty so? sure I've started a file on it. Okay. I hope but so. Um, it's, uh, so definitely go and play it if you have that. I think it's going to be worth it's, your while. It's the penultimate. I would say it is at this point the third best Metroid game, which is great to say that, that that's its third best. There are two better than it. So from there, well, maybe it's hard to say. Maybe the se- I'll say the second best. So I'm not pissing off everyone. <laughs> now, from there, the Metroid series actually does kind of diverge into two separate sort of game styles. Yes, so. but I want to make something very clear here. I think this has been a bad. I think this has been part of why this game doesn't sell. Why it hasn't built up as much of a following as it really should have by now. Look at the. Remember, I talked about five years between the first and the second Metroid. Yes. The, the Super Metroid to the next generation of Metroids, which came out at the same time, yeah. was, what's that? Uh, six, seven, eight, eight years. years. Eight years, wow. Eight years between Metroids. There was a drought in eight. the Metroid games. Now, it's interesting that the diversion kind of happened here at the exact same time. So 2002, the Game Boy Advance is out, and it's a huge seller. It's selling very, very well. In fact, I think the Game Boy Advance SP was out by that yeah. time as well. Yep. And uh, the Metroid Fusion was the handheld game it was not just a version of metroid prime it was its own thing it was its own, own thing own, it has its own suit it own is metroid yeah. 4 yes basically and then you have metroid prime which is just a complete and utter divergence from the previous form it's still a, a vania a metroidvania right it's still yep. that style of game but it's 3d in a full 3d environment and it's gorgeous for its day oh yeah absolutely fantastic to play did you beat this the first time through did you have a struggle oh, dude I beat this so thoroughly multiple times. F- like, but did you, GameCube. you didn't have a struggle with it when you first played it? No, I don't oh, think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, this was my first entry. Yeah. And much like mm, some of my most favorite games that I've played today, um, almost every game that I love today, yeah. I rage quit. Oh, geez. <laughs> and then came back to them. Okay. Um, those are my favorite games. Came I don't know back why. to them as a more mature, prepared human being. Is yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I have to grow first. It's not you, it's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know why or what happened to it. I struggled with that game. Yeah. Um, and I probably would have rage quit this time yeah. around too. I would say I'm having a harder time playing it now than I did back then. Yeah. Because now I'm just like squinting at the screen. I'm like, where's the little door? Where's the little door I need to find? So I'm looking for the colored doors. <laughs> you're, looking the, you're looking on that map. Yeah, like, where's all the purple doors? Where are those at? Like, that's, and I'm just, anyway, I don't think I did that in my original playthrough. I just think I just went for it. And just you just ran wherever. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just so much fun experiencing we had, that. World. We had time. Yeah. <laughs> Back then. It was amazing. So, yeah, now, now there is no time. Plus, when you're playing other games, I don't want to really talk about what else I'm playing. No. A little bit, um, I wouldn't say shamed, but something I did as an experiment, and I kind of got into it. It's a problem. Well, we'll have to talk about during the POW later. So, yeah, we'll do it in POW. So, li- listen in, people. If you want to know my dark, dirty secret, I'll reveal it in the POW. So, <laughs> playing and or watching section of this episode. But I think this was an interesting take, because what ended up happening was we got... Um, 
at this time, what was it, 2002? 2002. We got Metroid Fusion. Yep. Which was the classic 2D Metroid game. Yeah, that was the spiritual successor to Super Metroid for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 That, well, not just the spiritual. That was like the yeah, yeah. the successor. And then Prime, which was sort of an offshoot by Retro Studios. And uh, yeah, Retro Studios. So they were doing a lot of great GameCube games back then. Um, so actually, I'm kind of curious. What else have they done right around that time? Donkey Kong Country. Well, that's the new one. Yeah, they they were the creators of Donkey Kong and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of good games coming from them. So Retro's big. This this was their Banjo Kazooie and stuff like that. Yeah, this was their first shooter, though. I think was it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it was an interesting time because what's weird is Metroid. I think this shows a lot. Is Metroid Fusion came out on Game Boy Advance. Yep, and it sold what one point something mil. Uh, what was it? One point, sorry, give me a second here. Um, 1.3 mil, 1.4 mil. Wild. Whereas Prime sold 2.84 mil. So this, so Prime was the highest seller then of all time. Yes. Until Dread. Until Dread. Wild. Um, it was highly anticipated. So I remember like uh, Nintendo, they used to do the Space World event and stuff like that. I remember seeing the original pre-rendered videos for it and thinking like they couldn't possibly do this in a game. They, could, they couldn't possibly make it look this good. And then it was fucking that good yeah. when it came out. I remember the first time standing on the platform in space right when Metroid Prime starts looking at Samus looking all metallic and then doing the morph ball and it looks all metallic and it rolls around all smoothly. I'm like, what the fuck? This is what so is going on? Um, so I loved the, I got, I thought I was going to be annoyed by the visor look. Yeah. Um, but I think it adds to the atmosphere. It creates a sense of, um, even in the old games, of um, claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really like that because it really got you into her position. Yep. And not only that, but it, it creates, the world gets you a sense of claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Which is like, oh, my God, I'm exploring this world from just this visor. And it yeah. really added to the feeling of the world. Well, it also helped with the scale of some of the bosses, too, because they did big, grandiose bosses for a lot of these. And looking at them from a first-person perspective definitely gave you that sense of grandioseness, right? Yeah. Like it was, yeah, yeah, grandiosity. Like, it was it was definitely uh, the right way to do it. So. Yeah. But, uh, it, obviously, but a lot of players were skeptical going into the This game was a controversy when it came out, because like, that, that. That, that that's breaking the, that you can't make a metro like okay the five of you that yeah. bought this game for a hundred and something million before yeah shut up yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it clearly didn't like it was clearly a cult at that point it was, oh, it totally. was a cult classic totally. at that point. and it had been a long time so at that point you're right it was cult status by the time you had 2002 because it had been eight years since one came out <laughs> yeah. so yeah there wasn't like a lot of newer players who were like oh yeah like this makes sense no most of the original players were not about it but no. but we came around we came around because this game was absolutely gorgeous for its day. I think what it did well is it kept to one of the main tiers, one of the main fundamental things that is Metroid, which is it's about exploration first, combat second. Yeah, the true, true. This is heavy on the exploration. So it, it was saying Prime is one of the first Metro games to address the reason Samus does not start with power-ups oh, because of the explosion on the ship yeah. before she goes down. Which is a hilarious reason, yeah, but yeah, sure, why yeah. not? Why not? Why not? But you do really start off with like more powers than you have to gain them back as, as, as you go through the game. Yeah. Uh, plus, this one had different beams in it, like all the different beams. You had the ice beam. The fire you had beam. that before. Yeah, well, but uh, yeah, I guess you had some of them. You had the plasma beam. Yeah, you plasma had the beam wave sure. beam. You had the... 
the multi-shot beam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that all exists. But I love the effect that it has on enemies, though. Like, the ice shot will actually freeze a lot of enemies yeah. if you charge it up, and you can just kind of shatter them. That's cool. That was different. And then each missile had its own upgrade with it. Yeah. So you'd have, like, the plasma, the flamethrower yep. rocket. Yeah. You'd have, like, the, the electricity thing. Yeah. Uh, and I some like some of those that. are necessary to solve puzzles, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So definitely an integration of systems like we've never seen before uh, in the Metroid franchise, and sort of the environmental puzzles became bigger and bigger in Prime as well as a result so. i think one thing that metroid prime did really well is the so the problem with the super metroids and all the metroids prior i don't know about fusion and we'll I'm leading fusion out because they kind of came out at the same time so yeah it's hard to talk about the history at the same sure. time as those they clearly didn't inspire each other um you would have to just there is no i don't know how to word it um you would just have to missile every single wall segment yeah because you had no idea where the where the future was sure. even, even, uh, prior to super metroid even in metroid one and two the way you had to go to get to the next boss or to continue this, the game was through a wall you'd like you could never tell you just have to shoot right. every wall right like that was you had to randomly shoot walls. Yeah, yeah metroid prime you don't have to do that anymore yeah all of the true. puzzles are kind of they're more puzzles than they are hidden yeah so you'd look at it okay i know that you'd see the the glint or you'd hear the sound yeah Oh, oh, there's a secret around here. And your job was to go, okay, where's the secret? That's true. It did a pretty good job of using uh, directional audio to kind of get your attention onto that stuff too. Because play, playing, obviously, the remastered version now, finding all the missile upgrades and health upgrades, the energy upgrades yeah. and everything is, is pretty easy because of that. So, But it, it's just really nice because you would look at a wall and you go, well, that's a puzzle. Now I just have to solve the puzzle. So it's not a hidden thing where you're searching for stuff. Yeah. You find the room yeah and then you go okay what's the puzzle in yeah here? and then if you hit an area where you can't progress you can typically tell why so if it's like a white door and i can't progress oh i need the ice beam if it's like uh you know the little track thing that goes up along the wall oh, yeah it must be spider ball right like you can kind of tell based on what you're looking oh it's at a half it. pipe <laughs> yeah hooks hanging from the ceiling but i don't have a grapple hook yet okay well there you go so make it make it really simple for you yeah so uh and then you just backtrack and go and find the place and for the most part that's pretty easy and there was even among Metroid standards, I would I feel like Metroid Prime had more backtracking than any other Metroid game. Totally, yeah. And I think that may, is maybe part of the reason why, now that the environments that it has are super detailed and there are some larger environments in it, but there's not a ton of environments, yeah. right? Like, it's 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 a fairly streamlined game in that regard. So I think just by nature of they can only make the game so big because of yeah. the detail in it, that's why they have you going back And at the time, making those um, uh, resources, yeah. not just using up using them up on the console, yep. but making the actual environments was a lot of energy and a lot of cost. They did a good job mixing it up, though, in Prime, because I'm going back through certain areas now. Now there's like harder enemies that I have to fight. What was previously a boss is now just like a regular enemy sitting in an area yeah, that, yep. that I could I could kill if I wanted to, or I could just kind of skip him and move on with my life. Yeah. So, which is one criticism I would have of the remastered version we'll get to later. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about... I think right now we're reviewing the series as a whole. Oh, yeah. During our POW, we'll deep dive about oh, yeah, math, for sure. remastered. For sure. I think that's important. So I did like the world they introduced in this, though, Talon 4. Uh, I liked that it was very succinct with the environments in it. There's the lava environment. There's the snow environment. There's yeah. the ancient ruins environment, right? Like, it's just... It, I like how succinct it is with those environments and then there's also like the uh like the pirate ship environment as well so yeah the broken pirate and, ship yeah and then you have to you have to use the 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 thermal visor to be able to see everything mm, yeah the thermal visor we're going to talk about that oh, later oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well hey on the gamecube it was sick. on the gamecube it was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on the gamecube it was awesome yeah so definitely definitely something that's maybe been overplayed in the last 20 years who knows uh shit 20 years yeah 21 years ago 
fuck. Yeah, that's how long these games are. Like, it's it's just weird. And then Fusion was also weird because they made, um, I think we'll go on to Fusion, where Fusion, they made Samus light. Yeah. They got rid of her big, bulky uh, Varia suit. Yep. And they gave her the fusion suit, which was more quicker. Uh, they, you know, it was it was just a quicker game in oh, general. Oh yeah, yeah, it felt very fast. Um, yeah, yeah, and the character was quicker. And they even they gave her the ability to hang. And they're like, oh, she doesn't need to use the grapple arm, the grapple hand to hang anymore. Yeah, because she's lighter now. And that was the excuse they gave. I would say that overall, like Metroid Prime would be the less skilled game to play. So because, oh for sure yeah yeah because you, you did, like with the, with the platforming and and, yeah. and and the sort of weaponry that you get in fusion versus this I, I think that fusion was definitely the more uh, more more sort of skilled player kind of game yeah so if sure. you're if you're only a fan of the classic that's a great way to go so Game Boy Advance was a solid little console oddly enough at the time because of the fusion suit and the making it lighter people were not happy with it it also was controversial damn man. which is just dumb you can't make them happy no you can't do it because some of the things they created in fusion yeah have now carried over very successfully yeah yeah. Uh, and you can see them in things like dread so uh and i think that makes the game better i think it was just ahead of its time with the whole fast combat because even super metroid was yeah you had like the directional aiming but it was still kind of slow and clunky fusion was more smooth right right and i you can tell they were going in that direction and you can almost tell that's kind of what they wanted from the series the whole time they just again tech always limited i'm always curious too if maybe because those came out at the same year almost the same time too same selling season anyway yeah if if they were just trying to make a determination of like which direction should this series go because what we end up finding out then is it definitely keeps in the direction of metroid prime for a while so you get metroid prime Metroid Zero Mission comes Which out. Which is a remake of number one on the Advance. That's right. Yep. And then you also get uh, uh, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Echoes. Which I've heard that that's considered really good game, but also I've heard that two and three are considered really bad games and they ruined the series. I played both of them when they came out and they were both great games. See, I don't know why, but I, I never played them. Yeah. I played, I played number two and I got I fucking hated it. I never played three because who the fuck plays on the Wii? Um, I did. I played on the Wii. I could not do the gaming thing on the Wii. That was so oh, I, I, uh, I remember not loving that so much, but yeah. I remember playing the game. That's the only so, reason I never yeah, played yeah. it. Um, I remember not liking it. I remember a lot of people complaining about it in general. No, maybe I played the trilogy version of three because I thought I remember playing it with more traditional controls and like a pro controller or something like that. I was corruption. Corruption was three, and it was on three. It was on the Wii. That right? was on it, but that was on the trilogy two years later. So because oh, they 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 had made HD versions of one and two, Prime and two, and yeah. gave it the mechanics of three. Right, I, I, but I'm pretty sure I played it with a classic controller at that time. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what okay. I, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. So anyway, but it, but you see that whole time period there. So you have. Uh, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes in 2004 released concurrently with Zero Missions. They were still doing the side-scroller. Then they went straight Prime from there out. So then you get Metroid Prime Pinball. Then you get Metroid Prime Hunters. Then you get Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Then you get Metroid Prime Trilogy. So you had basically a 2004-2009 five-year period where everything was under the Prime banner. I want you to think about it. It's 2002 all the way. We don't get... 2002 was the last traditional metroid game yeah the rest was all retro retro uh company remakes yeah, yeah, yeah. remakes and um uh, the first person shooter yeah. prime, I mean, and that makes sense because you remember we look at the sales prime sold more than double what all the other ones oh, yeah did. oh yeah it would make sense to leverage the franchise on that yeah so obviously they looked at that and went okay we're going in that direction yeah yeah, but then, then you get pinball baby that's the next logical step yeah, i never played that one <laughs> I, I, what was that even on 
Game Boy, I'm guessing? Uh, that would have been... Does it say here? Rumble Pack. Nintendo DS, baby! So these are Chozo pinball machines. You might not know about those. Oh, So, yeah, yeah very yeah. ancient, very ancient pinball machines. Very ancient tech. Yeah, very ancient tech. You know, they don't break down, so it doesn't happen. <laughs> so, But they also don't give you extra lives. I mean, I was it, it's funny that they had that because they also had, like, I remember Pokemon pinball I love back that in the, the day. The cover for this is just Samus, like, luring, like, uh, like leering menacingly over, over a pinball machine. Like. She's the pinball wizard. There has to be a trick. The so, pinball obviously, wizard got such a simple guy and the, gun. The pinball, it, that's a beautiful song, by the way, but obviously the pinball is Samus in ball form. Yeah, so yeah. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, I should, I, I want to, I think it might be a little bit too late to be adding this, but hilariously enough, Samus got uh, the Guinness Book of World Records for being the first playable female. Oh, but yeah, it's not true. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's actually not true. Who was the first playable female? Uh, the first playable female. I see if I can find it here somewhere. Um, it was from a game called PC or Apple two game or something. Yeah. It was from a game called like kiss. Qbert was female. <laughs> it was a game called kiss or something like that. Really? Um, kissy kissy. Uh, so it got, of course the first playable female in the game is something like kissing. Well, okay. First of all, it, it was a character named kissy. Yeah. So um, it got the first playable human female character in a mainstream video game. Uh, oh, I see. They said mainstream video game. That was their. Oh, gotcha. that was their yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Toby Masio Kissy from Namkai's Alien Sector. Yeah, actually got this. Sounds that role, just like how Jennifer okay. Lawrence was the first female action star back when she did Hunger Games. Sure, yeah, same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I want to give. Um, Samus, all the rewards awards I want to give yeah, her, yeah. but it, it, this is not one I can legitimately give her. But it was, I think that was an, a very interesting reveal. I we didn't mention it in the first match. Yeah, yeah. When we talked about the first match, right? This, yeah. this sudden reveal of like, holy shit, it's a chicken. And the you know, end. they actually did a good job with Samus for a long time. They didn't like wildly over-sexualize Samus until Zero Suit Samus. So they actually went for quite a long time. Uh, here's the deals. I don't think they over-sexualized her. I think we over-sexualized her. Because Zero Suit Samus has more clothing on than her first appearance. Yeah, but it's like painted on. It doesn't That's ma- the idea. In the first one or Zero, or zero Suit? All zero, all zero Suit Samus. Ah, All Zero Suit Samus. The first, like, like the first one was a Brothers bikini, game. dude. <laughs> Seriously. The end screen, if you Congrats, got the... you beat the game, here's Samus in a bikini. Baby. Yes. Yeah, if, yeah. In the first yeah. match, right, if you beat it, it was a bikini. I think also in the second one as well. So, and... Uh, and think, even in Super Metroid, think, it was a, a do you onesie. Do think there were anybody? There was anybody who took the challenge back then? Oh, for sure. Are you? Th- and then they gave off a good, really wank, a quick, quick eight bit wank. Yeah, Did sure. I- why not? <laughs> Listen, these were a bunch of little boys on the internet. We should, we should hashtag that. That should be a thing. <laughs> that should be like the 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 eight bit Samus challenge. How do you think speed runs got started? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it is true. Metroid did spawn a lot it's of. Gotta end with a wank. Sorry, folks. <laughs> all speed run from oh start a game to God. wank. Um, I, no, seriously, but Metroid did start a lot of speed runs. Yeah, yeah. So wild um, though. Wild because they went so for the 2010 they had Metroid Other M. We don't talk about Other M. We don't. Why? It's a terrible game. Really? Yeah. No, it I was, gotta look it up. It was an awful, awful game. So here's the here's the most important f- funny thing about this. It was a 3D one. Yes. Here's the funny thing about it. Look up the developers. 
Team Ninja. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So we're going full Ryu Hayabusa on this thing. We're going full DOA on this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my god. Well, I mean, if there was any studio that was going to oversexualize her, it would have been this. But they didn't. They didn't, didn't oversexualize her. No, you're right. They they gave her uh, a more tough looking thing, more. But it was just a bad game. It was. Here's the deal: is it wasn't like you could see her in the artwork. She's got short hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she eventually ties is it up. Is that her? Yeah, that's. I think I don't know if that, I'm assuming that's supposed to be her. I never played it because it's a fairly generic character. Here. I was scared away from this game. I I didn't really play the Wii or Wii U games very very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I didn't really play this one. Interesting. I, I forgot all about this game that Team Ninja actually did this. Yeah. If they came out with like an updated version of this, I'd probably get it and play. It. Just I'm very oh, curious. God. But it's, so it's it's 3D in a sense that it's um it's not first person though, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's it's, what I it's like third person 3D. Yeah. But it's it's like 2.5D. Oh, kind of, and it, you can rotate around, so it's it's three D, but it's it's kind of sucks at it. So it looks like it's platform jumping, puzzle solving, getting yeah. new weapons, all that good stuff. So I think I think the the sort of core is there, but yeah, I could see where this could have gone pretty wrong. Yeah, people were not pretty happy. wrong based on that. But yeah, if you consider it how people were not too thrilled with Metroid Prime two and three, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, I mean they they sold Metroid fair. Prime two came out to some fanfare. I recall people being pretty pleased with that. And then uh, I was I was actually working in the G Stop Lounge by the time Metroid Prime three came out, so I recall that as well but no it definitely didn't sell yeah but you have to look at it, like if you look at metroid prime one selling 2.8 usually sales go up when things go successfully they went down to 1.1 mil they really milked it and then prime was 1.3 mil yeah they really milked it yeah so i don't think it sold that well like i don't think it did that well i don't think they got as good of reviews as they'd like um and then you so go then how, how do you save it how do you save it what do you do you oh, make fuck. you make metroid prime Colon Federation Force. That's what you do. And this is definitely a game marketed toward children. Oh, yeah. This is, sure. they definitely wanted to sort of cash in on like. So, as far as I can tell. And Saturday morning cartoons. Nobody liked this, but as far as I can tell, they made a game and they went, How do we sell this game? Let's slap the Metroid name on there. Boom. There you go. That's what they did. Yeah, that's 100%. And then they put in some character. They put Samus in there just to make people happy. And EGM it's, roasted the fuck out of this game. 3.5 out of 10. I think it was their first game. Um, well, no, M M was the first roasted game. M was the first game in the Metroid. This remember, was 2016? Yeah. Good Lord. I don't even remember this. No, no one does because it's terrible. EGM was around in 2016? <laughs> remember, this is 24 years of gaming. They've had yeah. two bad games. Yeah. Honestly, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. How, like, many, how many titles total is that? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 in total, and including couple, up to today. A couple genuinely bad ones. So that's, that's not bad. But here's the problem. Most of them are remakes. Yeah, Samus Returns came out in 2017, and that was the next one. Yeah. Uh, came out to some fanfare. I think it did well in reviews, too, at the time. Yeah, eights, 8.5s, 9s, even 9.5s in there. Samus Returns paved the way for Samus Dread to come out. Yeah, totally. Um, it defined Samus Dread. Uh, they had ideas for, or Samus Dread. They had ideas for Metroid Dread. Yeah. Um, but the, the it was kind of just floating in, we don't know what to do with this. And then Samus Returns came out, and they went, that. Yeah. But on Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because 3, 3DS was, I mean, it was a good system, somewhat underpowered for trying to do this, though, I think. Yeah, it so was. as well as it could be. So, like, we have other, we have a, a really bad um, time. Like, it was doing really well to its beginning, 
came out with Prime, really hit the, the ground Actually running. won the best handheld game at the Game Awards that year, the VGAs. Yeah, it did really well. Interesting. Um, Metroid Prime came out. Metroid Fusion kind of kept the 2D going, but pissed a lot of a lot of the classic players off. Yep. But Prime, they brought in a lot of new players, like myself, yep. is a good example. That's when I got into it. And then they just kept kind of rehashing the same thing over and over and over again. Now, Metroid Dread is one that I've shamefully missed the boat on here. So this is a Nintendo Switch title. Um, I have not played it. Also came out to great reviews, it looks like. Yeah. Sales-wise, how did it do? They, I don't know yet. Um, Not great. Oh, we do. We do know this one. So Metroid Dread is the highest-selling Metroid game right now. Oh, 2.9. 2.9. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it did sell more than Prime. But remember... Prime sold 2.8. Yeah. Dread on the Switch, which is the most ubiquitous console of all time. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Yeah. At this point, it, yeah. is, it is the most played, con most yeah. owned console yeah. of all time. Yeah, it's beat PS2, yeah. It's beat everything. And yet it still only sold 2.9 mil. True, yeah. How many Switches are out there? Like 60 million units or something? Something like crazy that. Crazy like that? Considering, yeah. and, but here's the deal. You look at something like uh, Super Smash Bros. Do you know what the sales are for Super Smash Bros? No. 30 mil. That 34 mil. So one in one in two Switch owners owns that game. Yeah. That makes sense. But you look at something like Mario Odyssey, which yeah. is at like 2.9 mil. Crazy. Mario Odyssey only sold 2.9 mil? Yeah. That's shocking. That's actually a really good game. It huh. is. But but you have to realize like, this is what, what's wrong with these, with, with why Metroid is not getting the love it deserves. Because if you compare it to games like Animal Crossing, uh, okay, New yeah. Horizons, 3.9 mil. Yeah. Which is the most selling Switch game, I think, of all time. Um, Wait, second. No, 3.9 wouldn't be one of the 39, highest. sorry. 39, 30, 39, 39 million copies. 39 million of that? copies. Holy sorry. Um, shit balls, bro. Would I have, have I been saying 3.9, 3.8? No, you said 3, 3.9 for Animal Crossing only. Yeah, so 39 yeah. for Animal Crossing. Wait, how many How many did Mario sell then? You said 2.9. Uh, so it, 29. 29 million. That makes more sense. That's why I was shocked. <laughs> so Super Smash Bros. Ultimate sold 30 million. Yeah. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was 29. Makes sense. Sorry, Pokemon Sword and Shield were 25. Okay, makes sense. Um, Super Mario Odyssey was 25. Wow. So wow. you compare those numbers to Metroid. It's just Metroid. 2.9. Wow. It, it's it, nothing. It, it, it's nothing. And that's the problem. But it seems like there's such an appetite for the fourth Prime game. It, doesn't it, I think that's what's so strange to me is I remember, and maybe this is just the echo chamber of the internet. I remember when Dread was coming out, I was getting inundated. IGN, Kotaku, yeah. all these news sites, all these Twitters, everyone yeah. talking about a new Dread in over eight years. Wow. And this is how it sold? No wonder why they don't make very many of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't blame them, really. I feel bad because any new game they come out is usually really good. So this is, it's wild. And now, now we got, so this brings us all the way up to the present. Now we're on the Metroid Prime remake. Well, hold on, hold on. I got to talk about Dread for a little longer. Okay, do it. Go so for it. So Dread is the best Metroid game. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, don't go play the old ones. Go play Dread. Shit. It is a near perfect game. Wow. Um, there are imperfections, but it's a near perfect Metroidvania. Wow. It is what- I can't I, believe I've missed this. I, what, it, am I, what am I doing with my life? I don't know. <laughs> there are two- Metroidvanias yeah. that define the genre at this point. Yeah. Hollow Knight and Dread. Everything That's, else is subpar. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, it, Cotton. It, you got, I, I would argue you got Hollow Knight at the top. Yep. Then Dread. Then Symphony of the Night. Wow. Then fucking anything else that wow. doesn't matter after that. Wow, wow, wow. They're so far below the bar. Symphony of the Night is pretty fucking good, man. It is. Yeah, yeah. And it holds but up. These are better. 
Wow. So Hollow Knight brought, I think, is what brought Metroid back. Here's the weird thing is I think Hollow Knight brought Metroid back to us. Okay, fair enough. Because Hollow Knight, fair when enough. it came out, sold more than any other Metroid game. Yep. At three point something. And across, like, all the platforms, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The problem is I think I think Metroid would sell better if it was on Steam. Sure. Oh, totally. Totally it would. Yeah. I, I think it was, I think that's the problem with it is it's lim, it's too limited. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. Nintendo systems maybe are not the ultimate place for a game like this. Maybe Nintendo's missing out on 10 million sales of this this piece of software because they refuse to put it on Steam. I think what they should at least do is maybe do kind of thing that Sony does, wait a year or two, which it's almost been a year at this yeah. point. I think it's been a year. Go put it on Steam now. No yeah. one else is buying it. You're not getting any new sales. Dude, Dread doesn't have to be on really sale. Good. Like, I, I'm going to have to get this. It is. It, it's so good. Um, I No, but there's a lot of features from it that come from the old games. So they really took what was best of the Metroid series. And I think this is important because we're talking about what defines the, the Metroid yeah. series. It took the, the exploration and getting lost and exploring, but never getting too lost that you're frustrated from Prime and the first few Metroid games. Yeah. And Super Metroid. It obviously got the Shine Spark. It's got the Spider Ball. Yep. It's... Uh, no, it doesn't actually have the spider ball. It doesn't have the spider ball. Dread doesn't? Nope. Oh. It's got a new, like, grapple walking thing. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it, where it plays Even out cooler. Even, Even cooler. Even cooler. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but it's got all of that, and um, uh, it's also got, like, the melee stuff from Samus Returns that they added in Samus Returns because they didn't know how to handle the Metroid series until Samus Returns came out, and they it, uh, Returns revamped the whole system to add melee to it as, like, a counter and stuff, and they went great, this is what we need so, to revamp it. This is interesting. So also the producer on Metroid Dread was the original character designer for Metroid way back in the days. Oh, Sakamoto. that makes sense because Samus looks amazing. Okay. That uh, and I don't mean like in a sexy way. I mean... Like in a badass way. In badass a badass way. Yeah, they have yeah. great posing. There's a lot of like really cool positioning and animation. Huh. Where her, her armor, because she's not using like the, the old school various suit. Yeah. Her armor's thinner and sleeker as inspired by fusion um so she acts a lot quicker and a lot and because of it, it's beautiful posing yeah there's beautiful like pose where she's you know hunched down on the ground with her gun doing that and it's just beautiful interesting so, so beautiful. uh also the last game he worked on he's still around but maybe that was a swan song maybe that was it i it, it's a worthy swan swan song I, oh. I wish it sold more wild wild yes that came out october 8th 2021 so in the in the very midst of the great pandemic yeah. so i mean i don't that's not why i missed it i'm not kind of the timeline for it i guess but um yeah it looks cool as hell man i gotta play this this is one i completely missed out on then huh yeah wild um so yeah then we get to the remaster so which we could cover even more in depth in our playing and watching section so i guess the question then is does the series hold up uh i'm gonna ask you that because i already know my answer it's what? pretty fucking obvious what what do you mean Oh, okay, so I think the I think the only thing that's holding this game this series back is that for whatever reason it doesn't sell, and I don't know why. Hmm. Um, I I get it. Metroidvanias in general don't sell all that well. They just don't. Hollow Knight, no, right. which is the best Metroidvania, only sold three point something mil across all platforms. All platforms. Yeah, now yeah. I grant it's a it doesn't get the same marketing because it's a it's an indie. Yeah, I grant that, but. You'd think that a game on Shovel the Knight? Switch. What about Shovel Knight? Look up Shovel, Shovel Knight, Knight isn't a Metroidvania, I don't think. Ish, I feel like it's more of a it's more of a platformer. It's more like a Mar like a Super Mario World. Eh. 
I don't think it's because you don't backtrack. Yeah. On now, interestingly, that like based based on the sales and kind of the popularity of it, that wouldn't really be my argument against continuing it if that was my opinion at all. But no, that is, that is not my opinion. I would say this franchise still has a lot of legs, and I think yeah. that Metroid Prime Remastered definitely shows that. In fact, I I think the reason why they did Prime Re- Remastered right now. I think they're genuinely testing the water to see the popularity to see if they really are intent on going all in on a Metroid Prime 4. So I think that's a very expensive value proposition for them. And they're just they're trying to figure it out because we already know they had one that they were working on with yeah. Retro Studios that was scrapped. Uh no. So let's or put retro on, is retro the let's new put, one? let's put on our tinfoil hats for a second. Okay, here. it's on. Okay. It's on. <laughs> uh yeah, the crazy story is Bandai Namco was creating Metroid Prime 4. Okay. First of all, it shouldn't be called Metroid Prime 4 because when you have numbers like that, you alienate a lot of players who think, oh, I have to go play 1, 2, and 3. True. Yes. And it's here's the deal. The actual story plot of 1, 2, and 3 yeah. is done. It's that's, a compl- that's correct. The, yeah, it's a trilogy. Yeah. It completed a story arc. Just call the new one Metroid Prime subtitled something. Yeah. Right? And it can be its own trilogy. Doesn't it have to be Prime. It Doesn't have to be Prime. Metroid uh, another thing. Uh, <laughs> Metroid subtitled another title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it can be its own trilogy. You don't, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It doesn't need to be tied to the original. You call it Metroid Prime Metroid so that we know. Metroid Detective Club. Sure. So <laughs> D- Me- Detective Pikachu? Yeah, Metroid <laughs> Professor. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking of all the other popular things Nintendo has done. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. like you could call it Metroid Prime. This way we all know it's going to be a first person. We yeah, know yeah. the mechanics of it, but then call it something else. Sure. I totally get that. Um, Metroid Odyssey. Sure. I just fixed it. I just fixed it. just fixed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so they shouldn't do that. But here's the deal. Is it, was being done, it was being made by Bandai Namco. Yeah. And at the same time, we knew that Retro was making the remaster. Yep. So we suspect there's there's a lot of leaked information that's adding a picture putting together a picture okay which is retro was originally contracted to do one two and three remakes and namco was set up to do number four okay so the idea was they would have number one come out yeah inspire courage and then remind people of prime on a cheap dime and then four would come out so your theory is they're going to come out with the two and three remaster no before no because what happened was why would they bandai namco fucked up oh and they basically got fired and that was the nintendo direct where we found out where they said we're starting all over yeah we're going back to the drawing board yeah that was originally bandai namco they pulled it from bandai namco we know that yep they gave that game to retro so what's happened is prime has been sitting on the shelves prime remaster prime one remaster has been sitting on the shelves done for a while now by retro uh okay yeah and we know that we there's been leaks we knew that a long time ago and we're all like okay what are they, what are they waiting for what are they waiting for we thought they were waiting for prime four but then they canceled prime four and everyone oh fuck hmm. so what they're doing is they're instead of doing two and three they're getting retro to do four and now that they've released one we're going to get an announcement of four very soon interesting Interesting, yeah. So it's still under TBA. Uh, interestingly, the producer on somebody who's been on the series for a long time is uh, is either additional support or producer, which is Ken's Kate Tanabe. So we'll see how well he's able to pull this off. So it's the original teams, though. It's Retro and yeah. Tanabe, and, and, and yeah, this is very interesting. I highly suspect, kind of like Simo, they were expecting to put out Dread and Prime 4 yeah. in a similar timeline. Um, but obviously that screwed up the timeline. So now they've got remastered. It's a little delayed yeah. because they delayed it so that they can kind of keep hype going for Metroid for Met, for Prime yeah. 4. Yeah. 
My only hope is hopefully they're making more living chozos. That's yeah. that's my that's my only ask. I gotta see more chozo. I don't think we're in doubt. I don't, there's some games where they're like, "Well, do you think it should should stay alive? Do you think it has more to talk about?" I think we've got a I lot. Feel like we've only game. scratched the surface with Metroid. There's so much Metroid hasn't done yet. They're like, yeah. so it's a game that takes place primarily on these alien worlds, right? Yet there hasn't been like a survival version of it. There hasn't been like any space you know, flight battles or anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they, you could be getting into, like, you know, traversing from planet to planet even. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much this game could do or could be, especially in the recent past. So we've had games like um, No Man's Sky, right? Yeah, Where it's, yeah. it's almost like, in many ways, that takes from from the Metroid franchise was sort of the ancient races. And, and the, the exploration. And the, and the exploration, yeah. So, and, and, and murdering the local wildlife. Like, I could, could totally see things. a Metroid, like, Elden Ring style. Oh god! Where or no no? It'd be more like a Sonic, the Sonic Frontier style. Okay, yeah. Where you're, there are clearly puzzles in the world meant to be used with certain yeah. abilities that maybe you don't have yet, and you have to come back to that part of the world. Yeah. So a bit more. Actually, you'd be more closer to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be Breath a lot of the more Wild. Breath We're of like, the Wild. oh, you don't have the magnet thing. Well, you can't do the shrine yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could totally see that. There's a lot this game has to offer, yeah. and I think through the Metroid Prime being so famous and through the Dread doing so well, that this game can evolve. That's right. It's not like Pokemon where it's stagnant. It's still evolving and growing. Yeah. And its growth is not uh, slow. And not only that, it's um, it's good evolution. Yeah. It's positive every single time it comes out. What's interesting about like Pokemon in the JRPG format is it's a format that's really had to embrace its roots to continue to move forward. So like, you know, with your Octopath Traveler and then the one that you were yeah. playing, you're recommending for a long, what was the last one you played? The big RPG on the Switch? Oh, uh, Chain Echoes. Yeah, so that was another one that you were recommending as well. So it's like our JRPGs have gotten great again because they've gone back to the roots in many ways, right? Whereas yeah. a series like this though, there's so many ways for it to move forward. Hopefully this is where Nintendo's at. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Please, yeah. <laughs> so kind of we want more. It. The people yeah. who like this are hungry. We will always buy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You have some duds. We accept that. But in the grand scheme of the timeline of Metroid, statistically speaking, it's been pretty damn good. I'll keep giving them money. So, anyway, so, we're, so we're saying uh, this one, even though you know it's 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 tough waiting for four and kind of seeing what that's going to be about. Uh, we think it should stick around. There's a lot of timeline between them. Yeah, all the time. So by the time you get there, you're always really hungry for it. Yeah, yeah. And um, there, there's a lot of evolution. I. I, I, even though it doesn't sell it well, I think it needs to do more, and I think we need to get more people into this. Yeah, because I want more. Totally, totally awesome. So we're on the same page about that. What do you say we get into playing and or watching? Pow, pow. So playing and or watching is a great segment. So we're going to cover some things we've been playing and we're watching. Maybe a little bit of both. So the first thing we should probably cover is Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah, we should talk about that. I know it's kind of fits in the other category, but also fits here because th th there's a whole series review. Now it's, let's talk about just this game. It bridges the gap. It, it bridges, bridges the gap from topical thing to playing and or watching. Yeah. It, it just, it's perfect. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> I think it's also probably what inspired this episode because we're like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, dude, when it dropped, it was such a surprise. It was a wonderful surprise. I bought it <laughs> I immediately. Immediately <laughs> I went on my Switch. I'm like, bye. So I didn't even check to see if there's going to be a physical copy, which is why it's in the news again. So yeah. we were just talking about this before recording. I was laughing because when I found out about it, I'm like, oh, Metroid Prime Remastered. I'm like, oh, when did that come out? I don't remember that coming out. Yeah. And then I looked at it I'm like, it's out now. I'm like, wait, it just came. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was one of those. Nintendo's like, it's on. It's on the store, bitches. Go buy it. So it was one of those, right? It was yeah. beautiful. It was beautiful. So it was a mic drop, another mic drop moment. And I, I started playing it immediately uh, as yeah. soon as it downloaded. And, and I was very, very pleased to see it, it really is a remaster in every sense of the word. I think uh, they did a good enough job with the controls, translating them over from the GameCube. Yep. Um, I think they did a good enough job up, updating the graphics to HD and making things just I, look 
better. I think that was one of the best things that they yeah. could have done. Because this is all about the world. Yeah, yeah. Right? So a beautiful, understandable world is the most important part. That's right. And uh, some of the things you see right away if you played the original one, I remember looking at the gun for the first time on the remastered version and just seeing like the, the coloration and the electric oh, things yeah. that are happening on the gun look so much better on the Switch yeah. than they did on the original game where well, they, they look kind of flat. Underneath. They also added like water droplets when your environment on onto the yes. gun and it, when the gun lift up, it would fall down the gun. Yep. And then also like, uh, does, does your visor fog up and stuff too that now? that was from the original oh was i mean really? don't get me wrong they improved it and made it wow, look better but crazy. that's from the they did that in the original yeah yeah yeah. or like when you first step into the ice like oh the yeah ice area like it freezes up a little bit it around freezes the up and the then visor. the best one was when you did like a missile launch and this happened in the gamecube one you'd see samus's eyes in the reflection yes yes that was in the gamecube one yeah was it really yeah it that's was such a cool effect dude that's <laughs> so cool so I do love that. Um, so anyway, it's a gorgeous looking game. It plays very well. It's silky smooth. Silky, silky smooth. I have not yeah. run into any hiccup whatsoever in this game. I would consider it a, it's hilarious that we, you know, it's what, how many years later? How, how many years did we say later? 21. Ten? No, since the original Metroid Prime? 21. 2000. Holy shit, that was 2002. Um, yeah, you're right. 21 years. Um it, it holds like okay. Obviously, it needed the graphics boost and, yep. and, a, and controls change. Yeah, yeah, but with just those two changes, you've held up this game. Yeah, this game makes for a new it's age. Still game. very solid. It's yeah. still very solid. There, I, I do have to complain a bit. I, I have some criticisms too. I definitely have some criticisms. Yeah. I've seen a lot of. I think what's upset me most about this game is I watch a lot of uh, reviews on it. Yeah, I'm hearing other people talk about. And everyone is just jerking it off. Just, oh, fuck yeah. Just, the best thing. Like, this is the best game ever. Are these a lot of gamers who weren't born 21 years ago? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of the guys I watch are usually my age because they're like me, right? Yeah. Um, You watch reviewers who review games the same way you think. And... But they're just jerking off and like sucking on the balls of this game. It's the best (laughs) game ever. Like, no, it's fucking not. First of all, why the hell do I have to keep changing guns? To get through every single colored door. You're right. Yeah. Once I have that gun and I shoot it once with that gun color, I should never have to shoot it with that gun again. I should just be able to use whatever gun type I have. Right, right, yeah. Whatever is equipped. Yeah, yeah. Because they did that in Dread, where they have these like covers on the door, and once you blew up the the cover, then you could just use your regular pea shooter. That makes sense. That makes sense. So having to switch your guns constantly, yeah was annoying because you'd be in, say, something like the frost area, which now, you're not going to use the frost It's gun. weird because the guns are all set to directions on the D-pad, right? Yeah. Is that what it was? So yeah. So maybe why not just hold a direction and shoot versus having to switch the gun completely? I still don't want to do it because I want I don't want to take my foot off, my left thumb off the running. Button. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Right? Or the, yeah. Yeah, left was the running. Yeah. Right was the, right's the, the yeah, yeah. Uh, aiming. Um, I just don't want, I'm running, shooting the door while I'm going through yeah, it because yeah. you can do so much backtracking, yep. right? I don't, I don't want to sit there and switch my gun. Usually what I'll do is I'll jump because I don't want to stop motion. Yeah. I've learned to, and I remember doing this on the GameCube as well. I would jump so my motion doesn't stop. Right. Switch the gun because my left thumb, my left gun, or my left, uh, what is it? My left finger can come off the um, joystick pushing yep. it forward. Switch to the thing and then land and shoot and then jump again to switch my gun again yeah. and go through the door. Yeah. That's how I did it. Why? This is the, we're, I get it. You're remaking an old game. Yeah, yeah. But you can't sit here and say it's a perfect game of 2023. Oh no, no, it's definitely not perfect. But it, it appears to be getting some perfect ratings. Yeah. So weirdly, Electronic Gaming Monthly is still around in 2023. Yeah. Give it a 10 out of 10. So that's I, interesting. I just there the there's these a lot of these. Um, it's a great game. Uh, my wife who my wife who watched <laughs> it with me. We were going to talk about it in a digital love. Um, 
she said it was boring. She couldn't she couldn't sit there and watch me play through it. She's like, this is a boring game to watch. Oh, wait. Why am I looking at the remaster? Or I was looking at the standard Metroid oh. Prime. Oh, it takes you to the standard Metroid Prime. Oh, because it's a probably its own oh, thing. Oh, okay. So this is showing me the old review scores. That makes sense. Review scores, yeah. Okay. Oh, there you go. There's your own section there. There it is. Um, but I, I don't think it's a perfect game, especially nowadays. I think it's a great game, and it's a great game to show why Metroid is so important. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's imperfect in the sense that they really needed to make the save rooms teleportable. Or at least more... You're right. They needed to You're be right. able to backtrack a little less. You're right. Because there's a lot of rooms I'm like, I don't want to fucking go through that room. And then every single time the monsters spawned in there and the monsters took forever to kill. Yeah. So it wasn't oh, like... I just found ways to start skipping them. Well, that's what you do. You yeah. just start skipping them. But that's that's what criticism will get to for me. Yeah, but even yeah. in Dread, you look at something like Dread where all the monsters respawn when you come back because that's just part of Metroid. Yeah. The thing was is you got something like Screw Attack where you would just lay waste to your enemies once you got that near the end game. So going back and killing all of these bad guys didn't matter. It didn't stop you. You would literally just grind through them like a fucking chainsaw. That's right. It didn't matter. Prime, you can't do that. And then there are some enemies where you'd go through and you'd get like hit by a snowball. And you're like, I'm just trying to run past you. Fuck off. <laughs> now, interesting that the current Metroid Prime remastered on Metacritic is running a 94 Metascore as opposed to the original that's running a 97. So ah. it's, it's held up from a... Critical review perspective. However, I have a couple big criticisms. Yeah, I, I don't think it's worthy of a 94, to be honest. Uh, no, probably not. I would say it's more like an 80, 85. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But so big criticism for me is exactly what you're talking about. You're running through these rooms multiple times. I ended up just finding ways to skip over a lot of the enemies. But if this is updated, upgraded, they should have added in some kind of like... Or like RPG element or something where you're actually like getting experience off these creatures for killing them towards something. Toward anything. No. So, because I just don't have a reason to stop and kill these things over and over again. Like you put in you put in stronger and stronger enemies in an area for me to encounter when I run through again. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to find a way to run past them. I No, I think the whole experience gaining is a terrible idea to implement into a Metroid. You do not want that in a Metroid game. That's a terrible idea. What do you mean? You do it in Castlevania? Yeah, this isn't Castlevania. This is Metroid. What? Yeah, this isn't the same. Well, but it doesn't have to be XP. It could be points toward anything is what I'm saying. Maybe it's like maybe it's like crystals to unlock some new weapon in, the, in the, later in the game or something nope. like that or some bonus thing. No, nope. this game's not about grinding. It's about exploration. You're always supposed to explore. You are pushed to find the new corners of the map, not pushed to fight things over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. That, that sets a bad precedent. I don't know what the answer to your problem is. Yeah. Uh, it what, what needs to happen is at some point in the game, you need to get a weapon yeah. that can just annihilate everything. That'd be sweet. You just need a weapon that can just, every enemy just yeah. gets destroyed by. Yeah, yeah. Because part of the problem is I'd be later in the game and I'd meet these hunters, right? The, the pirate hunters. Right. And, okay, the ones that I had to hit with ice weren't too bad. The ones that I had to hit with magma or plasma weren't too bad. The ones that I had to hit with, like, the purple beam gun yeah. and the original pea shooter yeah. were awful. Yeah. I hated them every single time yeah, yeah. I had to fight them. They needed those to go away. What they needed is your weapons to increase in damage or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, through upgrades that you explore. But maybe maybe using your your weapons on enemies helps increase that or something. Just, all no, I'm is, you, don't, you don't ever want grinding. I, just, I want there to be something to killing an enemy. I want there to be something because like no. there's too many enemies in this game that I just choose to skip over because there's just no point in encountering them again. But that's what I mean. Which is, is such a shame because the combat is so good in this game. I agree. In So in Metroid Dread, for example, or even Metroid Fusion, what you yeah. got was 
was the screw attack. And the screw attack was you'd be jumping around the map because yep. that's how you got around. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. as you jumped, the screw attack would just buzzsaw everything. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, they, they stopped being something you fought yeah. and just stopped started being blood splatters on the walls. And that was kind of then fun. toss them into the meat grinder. Toss them into the meat it. grinder. I love so it. So what they need in Metroid Prime yeah. to get that feeling is an upgrade that you can get yeah. that turns the day-to-day enemies into just splatters on yeah, the wall just jello yeah just jello <laughs> this way you're running through it all you're doing is target shoot target shoot okay done this you're way. right yeah even, and that, even that would be enough even that would even be that would be enough, enough. Yeah. so uh, but i get it they have this thing where okay you have to switch to the right weapon for the right enemy based on colors and and usefulness yeah i get that the problem is is at some point in the game you're fucking sick and tired of that especially how many times you have to backtrack true so if they had here's my opinion if they had made instead of doing that if they had made the save uh the save areas mm-hmm teleportable between each of the saves yes that would have solved that you yep. wouldn't have not have gotten as frustrated yeah with having to go through the same room over and over again yep. fighting the same stupid little pirates that fly on their jetpack and yep. dodge all your shots yeah because you know that those are the ones that are really annoying yes. yeah um that wouldn't be a problem so the other criticism i have is when you do get into a combat scenario i feel like so first person shooters have come a long way in terms of like uh how complex like the battle can be in terms of how many enemies are on screen, how they're yeah. moving, how they're attacking you. Everything in every encounter in this game with an enemy that's not like a regular animal, like running around on the planet, yeah. is is fairly one dimensional. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's look at them, shoot them, you're done. You know what I mean? But there's not there's not a great opportunity to really strategize around a battlefield. You're not getting attacked from all sides all True. the time. True. Yeah. Considering so that's this g- that's a big that's a big one for me. Yeah, considering this game was sold more as not because it was sold as not a action shooter. Yeah. It was not a shooter. They said it was not an FPS. Yeah. It's more of a first person tactics shooter yeah so the idea is when you shoot you're not so it's a puzzle shooter that's well, what they're they call saying it. it's like a puzzle shooter. action adventure exploration right so they're yeah. not, not so focused on the shooting but the only exhilarating battles i've encountered so far were the ones with the thermal visor where i accidentally unleashed a couple tiny metroids at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah. so because then they're flying around trying to get you the other guys are trying to get you and i'm like oh this is fun this is cool now you know i'm really i'm jumping around yeah. doing my thing you know but yeah. like uh so I, I feel like shooters have come a long way from just a combat perspective and and it does it this does not play into that at all. Yeah. At all. It, so. it felt it like has a some creative bosses, which is cool, but the regular room to room combat is just not good. They felt like um, rock, paper, scissors, slug fests. Yeah. Oh, you have red in you? Okay, plasma gun, back and forth, yeah. shoot each other while I dodge every once or in a Or there's while. like one platform room on, um, maybe it's a lava lava area, where there's like four turrets on mounted on this building. And that's oh, maybe yeah. the most exciting battle area of the whole game. <laughs> yeah, you're, getting, yeah. you're getting pounded by turrets and trying to find your way through that. But there should be a lot more of that. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right yeah, with that. That's a very bad. valid criticism. So because of those two, I'd say probably 80, 85 would be the tops for, for me for this At game. At the top. Still really fun. And, and it holds up hella well. So considering the HD remaster, but yeah. Oh, the those. other complaint I didn't get to that I alluded to before. Yeah, what's that one? Um, Is the vomit-inducing thermal visor. Oh, you don't like it? The new it's one? Kind of, it's kind of fuzzy. It's I it I got sick watching it. I, ha- I got a headache using the thermal really? visor. Holy shit. I got a dude. headache. It was so hard to watch and view and use. I would u- I would actively use the x-ray visor before I did the thermal oh, visor. Oh, interesting. I, I would use the thermal visor. I would jump to it, look around for like, you know, the switches on the doors that you had to shoot. Yeah. And then I would switch right back. And honestly, it cost me most of the game. I probably would have rage quit. My wife, at some point, she's like, listen, you have, like, I'd get stuck in the map. Yeah. I didn't know where to go. 
And I'd be like, Amanda, you need to help me out because she's my co-pilot. She'll help me out with games like Metroid to kind of, if I, if I lose my way, she'll show up and be like, hey, yeah. just, here's a hint. Um, I would get stuck, get frustrated. And she'd be like, are you using your thermal vision? She'd be like, no, I'm not using my therm, my vomit comet inducing thermal vision. And then I turn it on. There's the door x-rayed right through and I could see the door switch I have to shoot. I hated that thing. Hated it. So there's uh, there's at least one thread online where somebody's questioning if they should fix it in in the remaster. Well, so what happened was in the original GameCube, it actually looks a lot better. Really? Yes. And what happened was they added a filter on it that worked for the whole game as a whole. Right? When they added this filter to the game as in general. Oh, yeah. Somebody somebody said it here. Makes me sick. Like constant motion. Blur. Yeah, that's is exactly that what you it is. Are you, t- are you T4NK Tank Commander? Commander? Yeah, no, so that's <laughs> No, it's T4NK. Oh, sorry. My this- bad. <laughs> My bad. No, but I think it does need to be fixed because it's on, in my opinion, it's unview. It's unusable. I, I got headaches. I didn't get sick. Like I didn't actually want to vomit, but I did like, I had to squint and it caused pain in my eyes. Yeah. And eventually if I had it on long enough, which there was a few sections of the game where it was all dark and you had to use it, I would get headaches. Like, so here's somebody, they're definitely championing the x-ray visor. So yeah, same thing you're talking about. Interesting. I know. Interesting. <laughs> Reddit agrees with you, sir. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Wild. It's just, I do think they need to fix that. It's because of like the filters and the graphics they put on it. It just interacted very poorly with the yeah. uh, the heat visor. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. So interesting. But aside from that, the game is really good. Uh, I think my wife has a very good opinion of it. It is boring because she's watched me play Dread. She's watched me play Hollow Knight. Um, and she thought Prime was boring because yeah. Prime is very, it's atmos- It's not the same kind of game where Dread is like, it's, there's a bit of like Twitch play with I shooting. Can, I can see where someone would say it's boring. I can see that actually. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Interesting. But that's not what the game is. It's it's slow, methodical, uh, environmental e- exploration. Yes. With some, every once in a while, a burst of back and forth yeah. shooting. Anyway, I think it's enough and, and it is back in the news now. So it's trending on Twitter again too because the physical copy, which... Was I didn't even know there was going to be one, but came out, sold out immediately. Nintendo cannot produce more copies fast enough without selling for up to $400 on eBay. And uh, anybody who pre-ordered it did not necessarily get it. So yeah. here's the situation we're in. I think Nintendo far underestimated how like starved Switch players were for a great first-party shooter. I'm so. very happy for that, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad because I want Metroid to get big. Yeah, look at the ad at the top, by the way. That's, well, that's Metroid Dread. Isn't that the game? That's Metroid Dread, not not. You think we're talking about Metroid Prime, aren't we? Well, this this thread is about Metroid Prime, but yeah. I thought this was the ad on it. it no, Metroid no, Dread. that's that's the that's the Reddit. Um, oh, okay, tile, gotcha, tile, gotcha. Okay, page header at the top. Uh, that's that's Dread, which is just awesome. Yeah, easily the best Metroid game of all time. Mm. Well, that's the one I'm gonna have to play. Yeah. So, um, so you have this game that's like your oh, dirty little secret. Boy, I'm, okay. I'm pulling it out. Moving on for Metroid. I don't know if I really want to talk about this. So, um, <laughs> so look. I have a four-year-old. She's very much into Elsa from Frozen. Okay. Very much. Okay, so... She's a little behind the time, I think. A little bit, but it's all about Elsa. So pretty much every four to seven-year-old girl right now is still in love with Elsa. This will never go away. This is just a thing now. All right. It's the zeitgeist we're in. So anyway, she loves Frozen. She loves Elsa. And I saw this Disney Dreamlight Valley game came out. Oh, no. And I thought, well, maybe I should get it and play it just just to see if Elsa's in it so that Nora could play along she doesn't really play any video games right and i thought this might be a good way to introduce her right so anyway i got it and i started playing it i'm like oh actually you're, you're doing a lot you're, you're doing some mining you're doing how old some, is she uh, now sorry she, she's four four and a half okay. you're doing some you're doing some uh you're growing crops like an animal crossing you're harvesting oh crops is that like what this game crossing. is it's it's basically like like a 
Stardew Valley slash like farming sim like okay and there's a ton to do in it there's a ton to do and there's tons of quests as well so like i was like i was kind of lukewarm on it and then like i get to the first quest and and it's like scrooge mcduckie's like i'm trying to build a shop you're gonna build me a store a shop so i'll sell you expensive things <laughs> and, and i'm like actually yeah, I do kind of want to buy some expensive stuff from you. So then I started on the quest, and I'm doing the things, and I'm getting even materials. So you kind of took it over? Took yeah, over playing? A little, well, she hasn't played yet. I haven't gotten to, to Elsa yet. I found Kristoff. I did a mission for him, and I see where the snow area is. So in fact, I so you're trying to get it area. to the point where you know it will suck her in. Well, I want to get to the part where you can actually make Elsa a companion. Got because it. you can take any of them and make a, make them a companion, and they'll follow you around, and they'll gain extra. You gain extra friendship points with that character for letting them follow you around and watch you. Okay. So anyway, I wanted her to be able to do that with Elsa. She could change my character too. My character right now is me. It's a man, yeah, a human man. But she can change it into a woman if she wants to as well. So it does. It doesn't matter because the game will give you male, female clothes. Doesn't matter. You can wear whatever you want, right? Yep. But I, I figure she can make a female character, change him when she gets to that point, and then she can just run around herself. But um, anyway, the game's actually kind of fun. And it's fun to unlock new areas, and you could do a lot of farming in it. You could do there's fishing, fishing mini game in it, which obviously I'm a sucker for fishing mini games. Yeah, you know this about you are. Me. I love fishing. You love mini your games. everything games. And then I got I, I unlocked Moana, so she's in the area now. <laughs> and know, know what you do? Know what her little thing is that you could do? You can upgrade her little her little catamaran, and then oh. she fishes for you if you oh. upgrade it. So I'm just collecting the fish. I'm just collecting them. I'm like a fishmonger over here, right? <laughs> so, but uh, the game's actually hey, awesome. Moana. Do you have your fish taxes today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. she, has, she has to deliver me 12 fish a day. Oh, yeah, I only have 14% on fish tax. And by the way, you're welcome. I'm going to have to break <laughs> some toes. Like, I don't know. You don't really do that in that game. Not that I know of. But uh, and, then, and then, honestly, I haven't even run into anything yet that's like Didn't too even schlocky or anything. Like, really? It's actually pretty solid. So it's a pretty decent game. And wow. there's like 1,600 different clothing items you can get. And, like, <laughs> it's, so I'm like, I'm, I'm dressed. I'm fucking cool now. I, I, I unlock some event where like, no, I'm wearing a like, sort of hip-hop Mickey outfit. Anyway, it's a cool game. If you're a Disney fan, you will like it. So it's just, and and there's no way to get harmed in the game. It's almost like that Animal Crossing where you just chill. You're just there to chill. So I play it. I fall asleep. It's, it's a good beautiful. Game. It's beautiful. So anyway, Disney Dreamlight Valley, that's my playing part of playing and or watching. There you go. Makes a lot of sense. I, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I, 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 I if I were to dread, but you know, yeah, if I'd be <laughs> trying to get like a, a, my own kid into a game, I think I would probably try and start with Pokemon. Let's go. Like, uh, no. or, like let's go Pikachu or let's go Eevee. It's she's aware of Pokemon, but it's almost like the idea of like battling and stuff is almost like too complicated you don't for her at this battle point. and that too often. It's mostly throwing the switch. True. Out. True. You, yeah, do, yeah. you don't have her do the gym battles and the trainer battles. She gets to just throw the yeah, Pokeballs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And oh, go catch the cute one. But know? I think all she's going to do is just like run around with Elsa following her and just talk to other characters. Randy, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 she's too young for let's go. She's, she's not going to get what else is going on. She's going to ask what they're saying anyway. So yeah, that yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that, fair enough. That's pretty so, cool. But uh, anyway, I also bought a couple Lego games when they were on sale too. So I'll probably try some of those Ooh, with her yeah. as well in the near future. See if she, she gets into them. But. I'm not going to lie. I've always feared that if I ever did have a kid, yeah, he'd be like, you know, he'd grow up, he'd get to a certain age in young high school and be like, dad, I want to go try out for football. 
No, he's a fuck you aren't. You get back in there. You go do esports. <laughs> you get back in there and keep building your house in Minecraft, kid. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's this going outside in the sunlight? You get back in and you keep doing your math and factorio. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's uh, that, that's that's how it's going to go down. I'd be afraid that my kid would, because kids tend to buck their parents. Yep. Um, they tend to rebel. So yeah. I highly suspect I'd re- my kid would rebel because I'd be a nerd and I'd be trying to show him games and then he'd, they'd eventually go, I don't want to do that. I want to do the opposite of what you want to do. She does play a couple games on her tablet that she found. She got roped into some Paw Patrol game on her tablet and I see her playing that every now and then. Uh, it's like a collect-a-thon type game, but you're running around different environments. With my, I don't know Paw if you remember characters. my brother who's been on the show yeah. was one of the lead animators for Paw Patrol. Oh, for the show Paw Patrol? Yeah. No shit. I remember he was working on a show. He didn't mention the title at that time. Yeah, he used to work at the company that he... I don't think no he does anymore. Kidding. He used to work at the company that makes Paw Patrol. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll look at the credits then for some of the older episodes. Yeah, so, he yeah. might be in there. He, uh, was a, he was a guest on our show if you look back in the holiday 2020, four years ago. It was when you were in this house. It was your first year in this house. So it also could have only been two years. Yeah, so it was 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go go and look at December 2021. I think it was called An Evening with the Silicon Knight. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That was the studio we worked for. Yes, uh, that, that we were going back in his past. The storied history of Silicon Knights. Yes, it was a wonderful episode. Um, okay, so yeah, no, um, I have been getting back into Satisfactory. It's been a lot of nice. It's been a lot of updates. Uh, obviously, I talked about Factorio. Yeah, uh, and did my, you leave angrily? Um, before you came back? No. No, interesting. No, Factory, even though Factory is now my favorite automation game. Okay. Um broad genre. Okay. Well, I, I'm kidding. It's not really. There's only <laughs> like not, four yeah, games exactly. in that genre. Exactly. <laughs> uh like four or five games that are like Satisfactory, Dyson Sphere, which is an early early access, yeah. and Factorio. Like any there any other game is like a uh they're not as good as those. They're, right. they're not the same. Right. Um but there are other games like it, but mm. they just don't get the same fame. Um, no, Satisfactory was what got me into it during the early days of the original pan, of, yep. or, of the pandemic. Um, and I really liked it. It was when it came out on Epic and it wasn't out on Steam yet. And my wife and I played it a lot. We really enjoyed it. But there wasn't... We eventually hit the end because it was early access. And, yeah. and we got there. And I... It's hilarious the amount I've learned about automation games in the, like, what, what four years now since the original oh. pandemic. Uh, 2019, yeah, yeah, four years. Um, because now I'm immediately building way better factories nice. with all the same gear. I'm just more efficient. My math is all there. Okay, I now could just look. Okay, 60 output, which is early game. I know 60 yeah, outputs yeah. early game. Okay, I know this. This will make this. This will make this many things. This will break in this. I can just quickly do the math. Gotcha. Uh, and it's really interesting to see her playing. She won't play factory because it's not pretty. Okay. She's very attracted to pretty games. Yeah, yeah. So the only automation game I can get her to play is Satisfactory. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but we play it, and she, she'll go and make the factories pretty. Yep. So I build the factory to be functional, yeah. and then she just goes around and makes it pretty. Nice. She'll We have mods for like little couches and tables, so she'll be like, in here is a boardroom <laughs> for your factory. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, there's nothing much to say about it. It's not fully out yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to say something I am excited for in the future, though. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 got... Uh, yeah. Official release date. That's right. That's right. Was that uh, at the Sony? Uh, yeah. I at think the it, State of Play? I think it was at the State of yeah, Play. Yeah. I think it was announced for August. Yep. Wild. So I'm excited for that. When was Baldur's Gate 2? Fuck, I don't know. So many years ago. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> this is the kind of thing I'd have to do research if I knew we were, like a pal we don't really do research yeah, for. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know. It would have been ages, like years and years, like maybe even decades. That was a long time ago. Uh, let's see. Baldur's It was a long time two. ago. Um... 
but it looks good. Like it's using the D and D five E rule set, which uh, I don't know how legal that is anymore. Uh, what do we got here? 2000. Holy shit, bro. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. That is a long time. Holy shit. Early port to Mac OS too in 2001. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be a fun uh, CRPG. Um, I really enjoyed Wrath of the Righteous, but I thought it was a little bit too bulky. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that the more simpler rule set and the more thematic style of Baldur's Gate will play very well. Nice. Um, so, no, I, I'm excited for it. And it is turn-based. It's designed to be turn-based. Wow. Which is what I really want in a CRPG. Wow. So, no, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm loving Satisfactory. Um, obviously, I've played Remastered. We talked about that. No, that's pretty much it. Hell yeah, man. A good game to announce as well. Um, there was a few good announcements at the State of Play. Um, Sony State of Play. Let's see. Any watching for you? Um, I am watching. So... A little bit of a spoiler alert, I guess, for this one. Um, I think I've talked about it on the Raised by Spoilers podcast. We are starting up another, not a new podcast, but it's a like a inside of Raised by Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, called Instant Noodles. Okay. So Amanda, Feminist Warlord Amanda and I, um, we will be doing a show where we talk about anime. That's awesome. Kind of like, it's kind of like a little, I don't want to say a mini art, uh, Raised by Spoilers, Kind of like that, but it's smaller. It's meant to be like a half an hour. So we just sort of talk about talk about things that are coming out. It's more right. of a POW specifically for anime. That's about That's that. That's awesome. Um, and so because of that, I've been focusing a lot on anime recently again. Uh, and some of the ones that are coming out, Trigun Stampede, uh, I've been watching and really enjoying. Is it really good? It's Is really it good. a remake or a continuation? No, it's it's a re it's a reimagining. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. it's not even the same exact storyline. Yeah, yeah, like Ho- a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood-ish type thing even more different. really even more nice. different nice um it hilariously enough it does have the same voice actor for Va- for vash though interesting he came back wild but it's a very different show because that was like characters. late mid to late 90s wasn't it like yeah. 95 96 97 well, it was the guy who played um i think it was the guy who played pa- the power ranger uh, it was either the, or jo- it was either bosco freaking josh bosco or whatever johnny bosh johnny bosh yeah, yeah johnny i think he played Power Johnny Ranger. something Bosch. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he yeah. played the Power Ranger at some yep, point. He did. Um, so yeah, Johnny Young Bosch. He, Johnny was, Young. he was definitely a Red Ranger at some point, or no, a, or a Black Ranger. I think he was Black Ranger. Yeah, yeah. He it, was Black it, Ranger. Ninja Rangers. He was the Black Ranger. How do I know that? I have no idea. That's one of those weird ones, man. I couldn't remember Miyamoto's name earlier, and now I just pulled <laughs> that out of my ass. So welcome to my mind, people. <laughs> <laughs> but he came back for the voice, which is nice. Um, mind you, I watch it subtitled at this point because I'm caught up. And then I'm also um, I'm watching. I finished watching the season of um, the new Gundam series in like forever. Uh, Gundam with the Witch from Mercury. That sounds badass. Gonna... Don't know anything about it. Sounds badass though. It, well, I'll talk about it more. So if you want to hear more about those shows, go listen to Instant Noodles. It's not out yet. By the time you're hearing this, we are recording our first few episodes. So I want to hear piloting. Instant Noodles. I want to hear it. So I'm going to sub. <laughs> We're doing our piloting and kind of learning our footing, you know, learning how to communicate and learning our artwork and stuff like that, how we want to put it all together. Um, but it should be out in the next few months. Um, it'll just be an in-between. If you go check out the Raised by Spoilers podcast, uh, mid-month, uh, Raised by Spoilers happens at the start of the month. This will be sort of a, a mid-month filler. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm excited about that. Uh, my only gripe about Raised by Spoilers, there's not enough of it. So that's my <laughs> only problem. I love that show. Um. Yeah, I'm going through the the announcements from State of Play. Um, there really isn't. Yeah, there wasn't a ton. There, there was some VR stuff, Sony VR stuff. Well, that's in because there. they were showing off and they were getting ready to release the VR two. Yeah, which um, one of my cousins got 
Um, but there isn't that many games for it. Uh, you know what I was really pissed off about with the VR2? Beat Saber's not on it yet. Oh, that's a problem. It got, an, it like got far and away the most popular game from yep. the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, It's probably the most popular VR game of all time. Wow. At this point. It, uh, what a shame. It, it wasn't on it. I was hoping to play DDR or DDR. Um, I don't have it. I was hoping it would be crossplay because it wow. is currently crossplay among Steam and all the other stuff. Um, I was hoping I'd be able to play it against my cousin, but I can't. Wild. They don't have it yet. Wild. I was looking at whatever this game is. Goodbye, Volcano High. Oh, yeah. What is that? I have no idea. I don't know. What am I even looking at? Dragons? Are these dragon, dragon anthropomorphic people. furry people? You clearly date dragon people. That's Ooh, the furries are going to love it. They're going to love it. So I thought there was another couple of really good announcements they come out with, but I didn't find them. I think Nothing Baldur's Gate was really. the best announcement. Yeah. And it wasn't really a new announcement. It was just, hey, we have a date Street's, and it's coming to this console. Yeah, Street Fighter Six announcements. Guess what? Cammy's in the game. The redrawing, of the re-artwork of Cammy, that was a big deal. That's this? Yeah, yeah. So they redid her art. You know, she's usually wearing the one-piece unitard? Yep. That, like, shows the off green, her the thighs. The unitard, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a, bl- a blue. Oh, it is green. You're right, it is green. Well, she does I blue know, and dude. green. I don't know. <laughs> she wears both blue and green, depending on circumstances. Last Street Fighter game I would have played in earnest was like Street Fighter Alpha 2 or something. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> they gave her basically um, um, pants and a jacket now. Oh, sweet. Okay. So it's more of like a workout outfit. Well, they always have a ton of outfits for characters in it, so you never know. Yeah, they do. But it's actually really, really good. I think it... There you go. There's your art for it. So you can't see this on YouTube quite yet. We'll show it off. You go look it up. It's pretty. It's pretty badass. Yeah, she's got more like a workout kind of. She's outfit doing a. She, is she British? She's gone full Union Jack here. Yep. Yeah, she's oh, British. Interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. So she's got awesome. the blue color and an, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to Street Fighter Six though. I like the idea of the. Uh, isn't there some sort of open world element to it as well? I I don't know how much there is going to be of it, but yeah. the idea is you're supposed to go around and complete tasks and fight like street fights because they have a very street fighter. That's cool as hell. They're, they're they're really going for the name Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I love that. I love I, it. I would love it. That's the kind of thing that would suck me in because otherwise I'm probably not going to buy another fighting game anytime soon. I don't. So play fighting games because I kind of suck at them but I just don't have the time to dedicate to being any good at them anymore that's the problem is they, they're kind to me they're kind of like um um like Valorant or Overwatch yeah they're they're only competitive yep the, the only value you get out of it is competitive that's right and I don't have time for that anymore I'm an old man I don't, I don't have that anymore yeah I certainly don't have time but for it if I'm, you, I'm struggling just to play a little bit of Disney Dreamlight Valley so yeah. that's that's where I'm at so if you give me <laughs> an open world jrpg style like fighter where instead of going into a jrpg back and forth yeah. i'm doing um a single player fighter against an ai yeah where i'm leveling up kind of like you know you go in and okay you go explore the world you do quests that give you level up and you're leveling yep. up your own personal character and you're fighting all these other characters in a street fighter you know to be the best street fighter you know whatever yeah, you want to yeah. call it i'm down for that yeah where, okay, you're now scheduled for a match at this underground arena, and maybe you're earning more pay yep. or something like that over time goes on, and, and you're more, you know, street cred or yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That yeah. would be cool. I'd be down. That'd sell me real quick. I I love that idea. I hope they do something akin to it. Add um, some type of RPG element yeah, into it. Yeah. I'd be sold. Speaking of games with RPG elements smashed into them, uh, Harry Potter. So did yeah. you hear about this? Harry Potter, uh, sorry, it's not Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legends. So Hogwarts Legacy, Hogwarts Legacy. Don't even care. So it came out. I do want to play it. Looks good. Uh, we did a lot of Harry Potter stuff recently, kind of talking about this in the lead up. So the we game did. was boycotted. So still managed to make in its first couple of weeks about eight hundred fifty million dollars. So yeah. it sold 
some tight and sold some copies. Did you see the tweet from Rowling? No, I didn't. Oh my god! Is she is she fishing for uh, more she controversy? Put, I don't remember the exact wording, but she put out a tweet that was somewhere around. Thank you to all of the like LGBT woke community. Without you, this wouldn't have sold so well. <gasps> Damn, she's absolutely <laughs> savage, man. Fucking oh brutal. My God. So tweet on Hogwarts. I just want to read it. Oh, yeah. You got to get the That's exact wording. Brutal. That's brutal. So let's see. I don't know if you're going to get Forbes it. reported it. That's possible. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Nah, I don't know where it is either. Who knows? Anyway, but, but uh, yeah, obviously we made our, our position on this pretty clear in the episode. You can go back a couple episodes, go and listen, so you'll hear our official position on it. You can probably guess that that we're not, I, I would say we're the wokest people out there, but I'll tell you this. So we're not about hating on people neither. Yeah. Okay, so it's not, it's, a, it's a bit of a problem in that regard. So, but uh, it's it's wild, though, that it, she's right. She's right. It's it's the it's the crusade against the game yeah. that got it the most exposure, and maybe that's something that WB actually bet on in the development of the game. It's possible. You, it's kind of what, what's that? Line I, from? I have heard that the, there's some parts of the game that are not great, so it's it's you it's know. it's a mediocre game. Yeah, I would say yeah. It, it's it's a really good game if you love the Harry yeah. Potter franchise. It, it really gets you into the world. Yep. I think that's really cool. It's got some cool stuff, but I it didn't like wow me. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, oh, have you played it? Yeah. yeah oh shit. Yeah. It's so, it's a good it's a it's an slightly above okay game okay. like it, it's not it, it's not a bad game yeah. it's not even a game that does, attracts no attention there are yeah. the worst games are the ones that are neither good nor bad they're just like just they exist yeah those are the worst games at least the bad ones get fame for being bad right this is like slightly above the meh like yeah it's 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 good now for a licensed property game I'm thinking of like Jedi Fallen Order how does how would it stack up against like a Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Like not even close. Oh, that's a rug. No, that okay. no. Jedi Fallen Order is so much better. Okay, interesting. by miles. Interesting by miles. Interesting. Mind you, there are two very different kinds of games. Hogwarts sure. is more of an open oh, so world, just from like a licensed, predominantly movie franchise, moving into a game. Like, how is it kind of thing? Uh, it's been a while for a real. Harry I think Potter it game. creates the world really well. Yeah, it builds a really good world, which is what it's mostly known for. Gotcha. So it's not known like start. Like, Jedi, uh, Jedi Survive. Is that what we're Fallen talking about? Fallen Order. Fallen yeah, Order. Yeah. That's more of like a Metroidvania. Very much so. L, like, yeah. you know, you know, block parry, really yep. complex combat. Yeah. This is not that. This is more of a, I don't even call it a Breath of the Wild. It's not even that good. It's, it's, it's an open world that embraces you into the world. Gotcha. It's more of a, uh, it's just being in that world. That's gotcha. all it is. It's, it's, it's a chill game about being in that world. Cool. That's cool. all. Interesting. Uh, and it does that very well, but it's still, because of that, it's kind of like... It's, yeah. yeah. So honestly, it's a game that probably needed the controversy to drive the sales. So... I don't think so. No? It might have sold more because I of the controversy. I think it sold more because of it. I think it did, yeah. but I don't think it needed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... I just... I'm reminded of that line from... Um, uh, what is it? Um, Cap, some Captain America and the Winter Soldier or whatever, where it's like, you're right. But you're out of line. Yeah. <laughs> Where you look at rather like, yeah, you're right, but you're out of line. <laughs> wow. That so, that's what I think about it. Anyway, uh, so everybody's winning because of that. Um, I did have one more thing to bring up. Oh yeah. Uh, so for next episode, one thing I'll introduce is uh, my first impressions on Octopath Traveler Two, Ooh. which just dropped this last week. So I picked it up. I'm excited and, to hear uh, about that. I'll, I'll be playing that quite a bit uh, going into this weekend. Hopefully, I'll ha- I'll, I'll have to take a break from. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. For How that. could you? How could you do the that? The weeds are going to grow very quickly. So, or, <laughs> actually, there's not even any weeds. They're all things you can harvest, like basil and oh, okay. pesto. 
I'm not even kidding. And, like, those are things. And there'll to never be a negative where like it screws up if you don't do something because it's a kid's game. It'll work out perfectly. There's literally no consequences in the game whatsoever. I, you can even just like walk away from a quest in the middle of the quest, just kind of go back to it whenever you want. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Doesn't even matter. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. It's very relaxing. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Octopath 2 because I loved Octopath 1 and I played the shit out of it. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to it. And some people were complaining like, oh, it's another 100-hour JRPG. Look. If you don't get at this point that the JRPG formula is like minimum, bare minimum, like 50, 60 hours of game, then just don't play them anymore. Don't play them. I don't know what else to tell you, people. I think the problem is we want um, generally, and Chain Echoes proves that it's possible, is a lot of people, especially our age, want they want the story of a JRPG, sure, but they don't want the... I don't have a life commitment to a JR. <laughs> right? Chrono Trigger proved that. Um, chain Echo Chain Echo Chain Echoes yeah. proves it. Yep. Um, and there are a few others that can prove it, but no one can survive the you know Xenoblade Chronicles three anymore. <laughs> like, no one can do it. So it's almost like it's like a, it's a unique challenge though. It's a modern day challenge. To it play is true. An entire JRPG. So I love <laughs> it. It's true. So they're everything games. It's what the Gooch said. That is true. So it's the it's a fact. It's what it is. Um, so that's everything I got for this episode. There's probably stuff I'm missing. We'll probably do an Ant-Man review as well. You need to see Ant-Man. Yeah. We got to do an Ant-Man review. I love Marvel reviews are like one of my guiltiest pleasures uh, on the show. I agree. I, I'm, I don't want to give them money, though. I'm so sick and tired of Marvel. I'll just give you the ticket. I got, I got the points. I got oh. the scene points. Uh, I got it for don't free. Don't get me wrong. It's just... it. it Considering I'll, I'll tell you this. Bad reviews. I'll, I'll tell you this, and maybe this will wet your whistle a little bit. Uh, wet your whistle a little bit. It's the best Star Wars since like Star Wars Episode Three. What? Yeah, it's the best Star Wars since Star Wars Episode Three. Okay, I'm amazed that those two are combined. That's interesting. So you need to see it. You right. need to see. We'll it. talk about it next episode. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's it from us on Rony Geekfish Podcast. Thank you for joining. Please, if you can, please listen and sub to this app on Bitcade Podcast app. It's a great podcast app. We have some bonus content posted on there as well. If you unlock the bonus content, you monetize us as well. And that encourages us to keep doing this. And why we're doing it, I don't know. But if you enjoy it, unlock it, and maybe we'll keep doing more. <laughs> so we are coming up. We are coming up. This May will be like the sort of fifth anniversary of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. 2018 it started. Wow. Yes. Holy shitballs. I'm not going to lie. I always, I, I don't know why, but whenever I, I look back at our catalog of episodes, yeah, I always feel, I didn't realize how soon to the beginning of this podcast I joined. Oh, dude, you were like right right in within the first year, I think. We, I was within like the first like 15 episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I you, didn't you right realize there. that. Yeah, I yeah. thought you guys had been going on for a long time, for at least a, a year or something before I joined. No, no. You joined when we did the uh, Dragon Ball review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broly. Which, and there was a Dragon Ball movie we missed somewhere in there. We should never miss another Dragon Ball movie. You're right. Again. We missed a few of them, actually. Yeah, yeah. So we should never miss another one. That should always be like No, a, uh, there's a only lot. one Dragon yeah, Ball movie only since one. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should never miss them because that should be like a watershed moment every time we do it. That's Dude, true. Marvel movie reviews, Star Wars movie reviews, uh, Dragon Ball movie reviews, the guiltiest <laughs> pleasures we can possibly have on That's the show. That's true. Let's be honest. There are Dude. sins. And I just, I just want to dive deep 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 into ant-man just deep into him <laughs> in that movie and, and you want to go micro size get into his asshole and get then, and then spread and out and, and, spread and expand out and explode yeah explode <laughs> him yeah yeah and uh the way they should have killed thanos and uh anyway it's it's something we got to do so anyway that's that's this episode please listen make sure to check out raised by spoilers sister podcast there definitely a lot of fun had on there uh great guilty pleasure topics on there as well this coming month next week is we're calling it macho march 
Got Conan the Barbarian. Coming. I'm all in on Macho March, bro. Great movie. Great time. It's a great listen. We, awesome. we had a great time recording it. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear it. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Well, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.